It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Fall is here and we could all use a stiff breeze. That's right. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. But let Blue Chew take you the rest of the way. BlueChew.com and the code TMS. Coming up on TMS. I don't like hippie beans. Trick-or-treating needs participation. Otherwise, it's just begging. Brian has a black light. He's a Vegas regular. Send speedos, thongs, and lawyers. Throwing hippos under the bus. There are four Fs. Jesus eating Mentos. Mung bean eating Beo bastard. <laughs> Larry Von Pubis. That's my dad. What's wrong with both of us? And what about Hawkeye? Not Marvel? Maybe Alda? Still Hawkeye? Additional horseshit. Kangaroo on the surfboard wearing a Santa hat. Never you mind what goes on down here with Wendy and more on this episode of a very spooky morning stream. Those were mint-flavored Mentos. Oh, those are my favorite. Yes, they're delicious. They're not quite candy and they're not quite mints. What would Jesus eat? The Morning Stream. That's not a chicken wing, man. Morning, everybody. Welcome back to TMS. Or here for the first time, I don't want to assume stuff, you know? I don't know. You just ran into us. You were in the the comedy talk show section of, uh, I don't know, maybe Apple Music or, or podcast or something. And you went, oh, what's this? What is this little entertaining daily show that I can now listen to? And you just fell in here. Well, yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Maybe you were looking for a podcast about the Apple TV hit, The Morning Show, and you thought, oh, this has to be about that, yeah. right? They're going to talk about Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm. and uh, Reese Witherspoon's chin and uh, yeah. uh, and all that stuff. And, and uh, well, we, we, we will. Yeah. Not today, though. Yeah, not today. But we will. Just not today. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Scott, and that's Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi. Oh, look Hello. at that. It's the 28th. Uh, we're perilously close to Halloween. Uh, we are. Yeah. You got big plans? What are you doing? We're going to Vermont, Scott. Oh, yeah. Shit. I forgot. We're going to Vermont. <laughs> yeah. Brian's going to Vermont, everybody. That's his big Halloween plans. The whole reason we don't have a show tomorrow, that we did a film sack last night. Yeah. But, good uh, point. Good point. You leave when? Today? Today? Tonight? Tomorrow? No. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Okay. How early? What, what kind of ship flight did you well, get? Well... Um, the flight is is uh, eleven o'clock, so it's it's a good per like the best time I think to fly. Or actually, even like eleven fifty five, so really good time to fly. However, TSA not getting a lot of people back from uh, COVID coming back to work, and um, therefore 
they're recommending, uh, you probably want to get to the airport two and a half hours before your flight. Oh, geez. So, so we're shooting at getting there at about nine, which means we have to leave to catch the train out there uh, like at eight. I mean, it's... it's um, That's an ordeal. It's crazy. Yeah. That's a big morning ordeal. Do you... Uh, so is I don't know if this is the case. Is it... I know Thanksgiving is, but is, but is the Halloween weekend a big travel weekend for, for the world? I don't know. Um, I don't know if it is. I just know that Fridays are notoriously a bad travel day in general. Oh. People get out. People like to fly out. Like you get the business travelers on Monday and then you get the vacation travelers on Friday. And oh, um, Makes sense. So that means Sundays are bad because people are coming back mm-hmm. and uh, um, the rest of the week is slightly better, but man. But only slightly. Only slightly. Look, yeah. I'm, I don't. I don't mind going to DIA a little bit early. They've got um, decent Wi-Fi there, and I can get a little bit of work done. There's some new restaurants. I mean, we can hang out there. It's. I've, I've stayed in worse airports for longer and hated it. Yeah, you're a LAX good, being one of them. Yeah, LAX sucks. You're a good traveler, though. You you find ways, and I think that's a. I do. It's an yes. admirable trait. It's something I'm terrible at. I just hate this part of it. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Even when it's good. Even when you tell me, oh, new restaurants. Oh, fancy new. We have a brand yeah. new airport. It's beautiful. Be a big new, brand new Salt Lake International Airport. Still sure, hate sure. being there. I don't want to be there. I hate it. Hate it. Yeah. I mean, hey, like in the grand scheme of things, I'd much rather be where I'm going than in an airport. But uh, yeah, good if point. I have to be in an airport, um, there are there are way worse airports that I could be in. And you make... You make the best of it. That's I make the best of it. Yeah. I totally do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if there's you're a vino to... volo where I can go and just say, uh, "Sir, sir, leave the bottle. I'll take the whole <laughs> bottle. Thank you. Just leave the bottle in front of me." Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, so I got some bad news. The uh, oh, no. you know that little damp area of carpet that was like mysterious and we didn't know what happened and then it hadn't ha- then it was like gone and was that was it. Uh, yeah. It just disappeared. Yeah. Well, it happened again, but okay. not as much. And the only coinciding event that I can point to was a rainstorm. Mm -hmm. So what I got to do, I think, is wait for the next rainstorm (laughs) and like be down there and like be all right. Show me what you got, wherever this is coming from and figure out if it's like leaking from where it's coming from. I don't know. Enough in the water that's coming in. And I don't know, you know, exactly how, what, what kind of uh, things would cause some luminescence. Since it's natural water, I don't know if this would do it. But could you shut off all the lights and do a black light and then kind of see maybe oh. where there might be a little trickle of water that's pooling that's somewhere? Not a bad you know, idea. like, yeah. I don't have a black light, though. I'd have to get that. Oh, that's easy enough. Are those simple to buy? I don't yeah, have to. you can buy one of those on Amazon for. <laughs> They're not CSI exclusive. <laughs> Ten bucks or something. I mean, you know, you're getting one that's like a uh, a black light um, uh, tube in a in a holder. We have one of those that we use because we were trying to figure out uh, a previous cat that we had mm-hmm. was was uh, peeing outside of the litter box like in another room mm. and we could smell it but we couldn't find it we could not find mm. the puddle the pooling sure. and so we're like well let's just pick up a black light and and instantly we found where um where she was doing it and uh and then we took care of it 
And by that, I mean the cat. This is only 12 12 bucks, and I don't have to show any uh, crime scene investigation credentials. No, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to take your glasses off and uh, utter some sort of whippy bon mole to uh, to start the the who music music going. This is going to start screaming. Oh, it'll be exactly. Great. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm going to do this right on the air. I'm going to just buy it. Here we go. Buy now. 12 bucks. Amazon choice. We'll see how that goes. Uh, proceed to checkout. Sure. All right. Here it comes. Scott now owns. Does he own it? He almost owns it. Oh, he has some credit. I don't even have to pay for this. Uh, oh, nice. Look at that. Very cool. Uh, oh, hold so, on. so when you, so like you'll do the black light and you'll find the pool and you'll see where it's coming from and you'll wear the sunglasses yeah. and then uh, you'll say, well, that whets my appetite for another mystery. And then you'll take off the sunglasses and then you'll go, wow. Were they all who songs? They were different on each CSI. But were they, uh, all... they were different on each CSI. Yes, because uh, the original used "Who Are You." Yeah. Who, who, who are you? Um, New York used "Won't Get Fooled Again." I think. Yeah, that was the rule. I think they had to use. Um, they had to use whatever "Who" license they bought. Right. Uh, it was like a blanket "Who" license. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did CSI crime or um, cyber? Oh, I forgot that existed. The cyber. Uh, what did they use? I'm very good at the cyber. There's, a, there's an impersonation I haven't brought out in a while. Very yeah, good at the cyber. We never get emails. I know that one people... comes out. Let's see. A CSI cyber. Theme oh, Miami song. was won't get fooled again. What was in New York? Was New York? Um, uh, was the 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 one that's got a dumb name? Bob O'Reilly, right? Oh, was that the? Oh, is that the one? Well, here, okay, here's Cyber. I'm going to play a little Cyber, just for funsies. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, I can so see for miles. I can yep. see for miles and miles, because they're Cyber. They can see things. See, they can the see for miles and miles on the information superhighway. That's right. See. And then the theme song for New York. Yeah, Bob O'Reilly. Okay, it's that thing. All right. Mm-hmm. They, had a, they had a Who deal. They yep. called up the Who and said, can we just use all your shit? And the Who said, sure, we don't care. Whatever. Yeah. We're just, we're just the Who. What do we know? No one knows what it's like <laughs> to, to be an agent. <laughs> a belly on the Super Bowl. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Hey, you know what's fun? Uh <clears throat> A monthly foray into the dark, deep depths of uh, the Queen's prison colony known as Australia. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, we sure. Like, we like to wander in there and uh, see what's up. And by doing so, yeah. we end up talking to uh, Gidget. And Gidget is... Oh, she is online. Okay, I was nervous for a second that maybe she huh? forgot. But who am I to say who forgets anything? She's on her way in. We're going to have some fun today. And I'm going to play this intro if I can find the damn thing. Where is it? Trivial thing. There it is. Hey, look who it is. It's Gidget Von LaRue, all the way from down under. And, under. Uh, under, sorry. Under. Yes. Uh, under. Not over, um, under. Over, under. Uh, yeah, look, best look. position. So, um, Scott, are you going to, um, I should have actually put some makeup up my left nostril oh. so that uh, you could have filmed it up there. Oh, you oh, want me to get. Look at you all. Uh... Yeah, look at oh, you. Oh, snippy. Yeah, what's going all, on? All made up. What's, yeah. Why are you all fancy at 3 a.m. or whatever it is there? For Halloween, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Who are yeah, you being? I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing a, a, a horror movie quiz, so I thought I'd better get, you know, I'll put a bucket up there. Uh, up there. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I see it. There's yep, the bu- it's a... there's the bucket and there's a sca- uh, scary mask. Yeah. And that's yep. about the effort that I took um, <laughs> to do Halloween. That's as much, uh, that's as much that's as you're it. putting in. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's that's you decorate there... gothic eyes, and that's about it. Sure. Oh, do you decorate lacy... for uh, uh, for Australia Day? Do you get decorations, or what? Uh, are there any holidays that you guys decorate for more than Halloween? Or is that the extent of all of your holiday decorating? Mm. Um, like, what do you do for Christmas? Not, Halloween's not a big deal in Australia, really. It's only become a big deal probably the last couple of years. Uh, mm. Certainly all the shops sell all the stuff for it. But uh, Christmas is weird because we're in the middle of summer. So there's a lot of uh, cards with Santa riding a surfboard sure, and kangaroos. Sure, climbing a palm tree. And, yeah, yeah right. all that sort of shit. Um, and then... Easter is kind of fun. We always grew up with Easter. I remember being a little kid and growing up with Easter and colouring an Easter egg, so we used to do that as well. But general, I mean, Australia Day, probably an Anzac Day, uh, mm-hmm. two of the biggest days, although mm-hmm. our current government's like, no. Oh, yeah, they're shutting you down. Those. This is a silly question, but do do people, do kids trick-or-treat in Australia on Halloween? Well, my next-door neighbours do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... That's about it, because everyone wow. that lives around like us is really old. It feels like one of those things that you've got to have a lot more participation. Otherwise, it's just you going door to door and asking for stuff. <laughs> like if, if you know, if there's not like a seventy percent yes, we're supporting uh, Halloween and we'll have candy, then it's just hey, got yeah, there needs to, to be a mandate. You're right. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, if there's no mandate, what do you? Those kids are just weird kids, right? Right, yeah, exactly. well, it's, yeah. I mean, bless the kids next door. They, they've got some hippies that live next door and they've got two lovely kids and every year they dress up. But we always make sure that they know that our house is available for Halloween and then we just get mm-hmm. heaps of candy to give them because I know that those kids probably live on mung beans and lettuce. So uh, <laughs> they're stoked to have some candy, probably sure. chuck some Chuck some meat in there as well for them. Um, and I'm, I'm, yeah, guessing, they're, they're, I'm guessing that everybody next door has the munchies yeah, based no on that kidding. description. What's yeah. a mung, what's uh, yeah. a what's a mung bean? What is that? I don't know what that is. Never heard uh, of. Oh, it's just something hippies eat. Okay, I've never heard yeah. of a mung yeah. bean. I wonder if that's mung like uh, soybeans or something here. Yeah, yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. for sure. To- and to- tofu, tofu, and yeah. all that. Oh, there we stuff. go. A mung bean. Uh, it's, they look. Oh, interesting. Okay. An alternative to, where's an, uh, oh, it's in the lagoon family. Uh, mung bean is mainly cultivated in the east, southeast, and South Asia. Uses an ingredient both savory and sweet dishes. Mmm. Mm. Hippie beans. Mm. Mm. See, that was mung. an Australian saying when I was growing up. When you used to describe hippies was um, uh, mung, mung, mung beans bean, and lettuce. Mung bean eating B.O. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yes that's great all right well i've i've learned something um hey there you Gidget, go. You you're here what's great though is yeah. you celebrate halloween with us by bringing us a a horror movie quiz this year and uh yes. i'm pretty excited about this so let's lay it on us i don't all remember right, who won right, last so time this, this is exciting because this is actually the first quiz because if you remember last time when you were like filming into my eyeball um the um <laughs> We did. We changed from multiple choice to just right. the question. So right. I'm just doing this no multiple choice at all. If you don't know the answer, it goes to the other person. Okay. 
Fair yeah. enough. Right. Simple as that. Yeah, More of a old, challenge. Old fashioned yeah. plan. Sure. Stumble our way into the right answer. Okay. Chat room is hidden. Yep. Hide those guys. Here you go. Chat. Get out of here. Do I chat room? I we can't see spamming all caps and getting. Yeah. Uh, we can't see you trying night. to game the rules. I can't see it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. All right. <laughs> all right. So I will be reading you later, chat room. Yeah. Well, you can keep them up. Be yeah. on alert. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Got nothing honest. else to do when I'm by myself drinking myself into a stupor. Aww. Okay. Oh. I don't remember who started, who won last time. Do you remember? I'm pretty sure you won last time, Scott. I think it was uh, it was mm-hmm. a quiz that that you were you nailed, and and I could not get any foothold in in last uh, last month's game. All right. Well, and that means Brian goes first, right? Uh, uh yeah. Okay. That'll okay. do. All right. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Fine. Okay. All right. So this is for people listening. This is a a horror movie quiz over all decades, not just 80s. Every movie quiz, every every horror movie, sorry. Okay. So number one for Scott. Brian. What was the name of Linda Blair's character in The Exorcist? Wait, is this for for you, Brian, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, is this for me or for Scott? I think it's for Brian, right? Because he lost last time, so he goes first. And you don't know the answer? Okay, Brian. <laughs> Welcome to the quiz. I know, I don't think right. you, No, Brian just is first, is what I'm saying. Brian goes first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Can you hear us care. okay? Are you here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. Okay, Brian, uh, what yeah. was the name of Linda Blair's character in The Exorcist? Um, see, this is where I know it was a, uh, well, I don't want to give any, I don't want to give any clues away if I don't get it right. I don't want to get yeah. his way to Scott. Um, it's let's see. I do remember it's, it's a it's a unisex. Okay, I will. It's a unisex name. That's I think the only hint I'm going to give to Scott if I get this wrong. But it's something like um, writer. I'm going to say writer. I know that's wrong. It is wrong. Uh, Scott, do you know the name of Linda Blair's character in The Exorcist? I do. I remember it was the name of uh, President, so Reagan is the name. Reagan. Correct. Reagan, Reagan McNeil. Right. Yep, Scott. Reagan Mc- well McNeil of the McNeil clan. Okay, Scott, you get an easy question. Sweet. All right. Uh, who is the killer in the 1979 film Halloween? <laughs> oh, uh, that would be Michael Myers would be the correct answer. That is correct. <laughs> there you go, Brian. I think we needed Scott to go first on this quiz. Yeah, now, now yeah, that we've it's uh... weird because I thought the first question was going to be really easy. But see, I'm really into horror movies, so yeah, yeah. I, I tried to make this as easy as possible because it wasn't multiple choice. I haven't seen The Exorcist in years. I mean, I can remember everything else about it, you know. But piece, uh, not piece you get the shit out of me. I saw it way too young. Same with Poltergeist scared the hell out of me and still does. It's weird when you can watch a horror movie in your youth or something scary on TV, mm-hmm. uh, um, like Salem's Lot. I always remember the kids scratching on the window in Salem's mm-hmm. Lot, and that stays with you, and I reckon that even when you watch there it when movies, you're an adult. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. There are movies that stay with you like that. As a matter of fact, that was a, a topic on Therapy Thursday last week is oh, those yeah. things you see as a kid that just kind of stay with you. Yep. That's oh, I'll have to those. listen to that. I'll be interested mm-hmm. because, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Okay, Brian. Yes. yes. Number three, when Carrie, 1976, mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. the stage after she's elected prom queen, what animal's blood is poured <laughs> on her? Easy one. They're all going to laugh at you. you uh, it's a pig blood. That, 
That is correct. Yes, Their, her friends have collected. The yeah. greatest American hero got some of that pig's blood. Yeah, he did. He did. Believe it or not, you're covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well just played. came up with that. I'm so clever. That's very good. Yes. Everything. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Feast out on that for a while. Right. Okay. Um, Scott. Number four, uh, what 1953 horror film was remade in 2005 with Paris Hilton? Oh, uh, uh, um, shit. Wax, waxwork? No, it wasn't mm, shit. So close. close. Oh. So close, Brian. House of Wax. Ah, frick. I yep. knew that. Damn it. The old Vincent Price uh, film, the original. Yeah, we'll get Brian yeah. Ding. Yeah, I'm thinking I just I get wax. You know, my you wax, wax movies. Yeah, they're yeah, wa- waxy wax wax. I yeah. need one of those. Wax Oof. on, wax yeah. on. Okay. Yep. Okay. Five. I look like Chewbacca at the moment. Okay. Five. Uh, the expression "Do you like scary movies?" is from what popular 1996 film? Oh. God, I was, I was when you said that I was thinking it was what uh, Ackroyd says at the beginning of Twilight Zone the movie and the when he's in the car of the hitchhiking mm. deal. But no, nineteen ninety six. I mean, I'd go with Scream. You would be right. Okay, good job. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, ninety six is the right. good way there. I think because it I'm not thinking. for me. No, I didn't know it by year. I was just thinking, well, what movie would would oh. be a reference to other movies, and that's. Oh, got gotcha, you've yeah. got the year. You're you're Mister Years. Like I am Mister uh, Years. So if you got anything yeah. with years, man, I'm gonna kill this quiz. But it doesn't sound like she does. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, they've all oh, had I years can so hear far. You. <laughs> yeah, no, we know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, we'll just keep talking about you in third person. And uh, that's right. If Gidget okay, has fine. any questions about, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey Brian, tell Gidget that I'm ready for my next question. Okay. All right. All right. Scotty Poos. All right. What film does the killer stalk and kill his victims through their dreams? Uh, That would be the Nightmare on Elm Street series. That would be correct. Nice. We just did Freddy versus Jason for Film Sack this weekend. We're very excited about it. Good thing we saw that. Otherwise, I don't know if we would be able to get that. Yeah, that was a top of mind. Yes. A hard one. In I'll which movie a, does the killer kill on a certain day of the week that's usually superstitiously bad? And it's often the weekend when it happens. <laughs> they, still, they still haven't done a horror movie about a killer that kills on a certain time of the month. Just no, called Flow. You're right. Oh, jeez. You're right. No, you're right. Synch- synchronize your uh, whatever yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. Right. It, it, it's, open, it's open for any type of horror movie, mm-hmm. so that needs to happen. Sure. Uh, I mean, they've made horror movies about people turning into you know, walruses and stuff and tires and things. So sure. why not that? <laughs> why not? I know about the tire one. I don't know about the walrus one. What's that yeah, one? That's, that's a new uh, thing. Wilford Brimley stars in. Stars in. Walrus. Walrus. Man. Yeah. There you yes. Go. All right. My turn, um, right? No, I, I lost. He, no. he was old in the 80s. He did well. Okay. All right. So, Scott, that was your, the last one you got correct. So, Brian. Yeah. All right. Who starred as Rosemary Woodhouse? In the 1968 horror film Rosemary's Baby. Yes, that was. Uh, oh my God! Coming up with her name. Um, no, it wasn't. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. 
It's nope. not that either. That's from that it's haunted not, house final, movie. It's not my final answer. She was um, married to Frank Sinatra at the time. She was, yes. Um, Gonna have to cross to Scott. Go to Crow. Go to Scott. Uh, I'm not gonna right, get it. Scott. I'm not gonna pull right, it give out. me, give me the question one more time. All right, who starred as Rosemary Woodhouse in the 1968 horror film Rosemary's Baby? Her name is right on the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Mm, of course it is. Uh, Blanche Cartwright. I have no idea. It's a lady like that. It's like an okay, old can Hollywood. Can you think of it? It's a Hollywood no. lady thing from her ever. It is an old Hollywood lady. Right. It's like uh, and. No, you're both wrong. That's a big boop boop. That's yeah. Mia Farrow. Mia, Mia Farrow. Farrow. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. Okay. When well, I was actually confusing yeah, so. her with, uh, I was, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of the, the lady, the movie with the hanger and the kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, why are hangers, Mummy Faye Dearest? Faye Dunaway. Yeah, yeah, Faye Dunaway. I don't think, really? wait, Mia Farrow wasn't married to Frank, was she? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's she was uh, Woody Allen for a. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Frank Sinatra divorced her. Yeah, the Woody Allen thing. Frank Sinatra divorced her while they were making that movie, and then of course she ended up with Woody Allen. And there's a good documentary that you can watch about all of that. Okay, Uh, so neither of you got that right. So the next one that was Brian's question. So the next one is for Scott. Yeah. Number eight. What is the collective species name of Pinhead, the Chatterer, and Butterball, etc. in Hellraiser movies. Um, those are Cenobites. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Well done. You Thank can also you. get those for four ninety nine a box at the uh, Cinnabon <laughs> in the mall. Uh, they're too small. I like oh, the I large format ones. I like I like full size Cenas. I like Cenas. <laughs> I like the little ones. You want to just I get like the, the Cinnabites? Little, yeah. The little ones, yeah. but you can't get them in Australia, and that's and that's why I get so excited. One of the many reasons going to Hawaii is you get to go to the Cine, City Buns store. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and and you get those little sea buns, and you got to eat them straight away because yeah. they don't. Yeah. Oh they yeah, don't no, last. they've got to be eaten hot. Oh, yeah. you eat them oh, cold. Yeah. You're, a, yeah, you're an insane oh, person. Eat them cold. That's true. Yeah, it's gooey. Yeah. Okay, uh, Scott. So Brian, all right, number nine. Yeah. What horror character is summoned by saying his name five times in the mirror? <laughs> That'd be a Candyman. Bees, bees, bees. Candyman. Yeah, he'll shoot bees at you. Yes. Okay. You were hoping I was going to say Beetlejuice, weren't you? <laughs> You're, no. I mean, that's always a, cha- uh, a chance, right? That's right. Well, he's three times. Candyman's five times. No, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Candyman is five. Yeah. Kirby Weinstein is just one. Fugit is 69. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's a lot of time in front of the mirror. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number 10. Yeah. All right. So, Scott, uh, what 1984 film has the two lead villains named Isaac and Malachi? Oh, uh, Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Malachi. Yeah. I hope someone in the chat's keeping score because I have no idea what the score is. I think I'm keeping, five I'm to keeping four. score, but I can't add, so this should be interesting. Five four. Oh, yeah. Brian five, five four to four. you. Okay. Five four to you. Barely. I'm barely winning. Okay. All right. So Brian, yep. uh, in the film, the 2015 film, The Witch, what kind of animal is Black Philip? Well, thank goodness I know this, but I haven't seen the film. I haven't seen the Vavitch, the but I believe it is yeah. a goat and his crazy that eyes. Is, yeah. How, how have you not seen that? 
The Vivich is uh, awesome. Um, because I'm married to someone who can't handle horror movies. <laughs> and uh, ah, and so okay. that means the only time I can watch it is directly, like while I'm laying in bed and she's falling asleep and I can pull out my iPad and watch something. Probably not the best time to watch The Vivich. Yeah, it's scary. The Vivich. Yeah. It is good. That's good. That's a good yeah. horror movie. It's I, I like that a lot. Movie. I will support that all the way to yeah. the bank. That yeah. is a good horror movie. We still, and we I still like don't... how they speak that old English American yeah. language right. as well. It's awesome. We still I... don't know what kind of uh, creature uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is, though, do no, we? No, no, we don't. No. Okay. And I think she's one, – one day we'll find out. Hopefully that Furiosa movie mm-hmm. will reveal yeah. what species <laughs> she is. But uh, I'd like to go to that planet. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to live there, but she, uh, the dad, the guy that plays the dad, he was also in Game of Thrones, and he's in a million things. He's great. Forget his name. That actor is amazing. But his use ask of that, that, that accent. Ask him the name of the actor who is the dad in yeah, the. Yeah, then I'll lose this. Con- I'll lose this contest. Who is the name of the actor in the Vavitch? Uh, Larry von Pubis. That's his name. <laughs> I think that's my dad. <laughs> Larry oh. von Pubis. Oh. Wow. Well. Yeah. yeah changed there you it, go. Katie changed it to Larue for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brian can I got show that. My slaves as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Can for I? Sure. Can I show this? This is this is my Halloween costume. Oh, look at you! Oh, cool. You couldn't find any that would fit. Ooh. <laughs> it's a witchy thing. I know. I'm Witches always have. I don't know how they do their potions. I must get all the muck of potions on their sleeves. Yeah. You'd think they'd roll them up and. Well, it depends on how know. good they are. If they're good at it, they don't need any. They don't need to worry about it. They can dip their no, sleeves. True. It's fine. It's fine. Sure. All right, my okay. turn. Uh, so it's Scott. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, yes. so, so number 12, uh, what 2002 horror film do a group of college students rent a cabin in the woods and fall victim to a flesh-eating virus? Oh, that is Cabin Fever. That is Cabin Fever. You are absolutely well, right. That was Eli Roth's. Yeah. And you know what? Debut. You know what got me that one is uh, well, a I, we saw it for film sack. I think we did. Did we do Cabin Fever? I don't remember now. I don't but remember. I, I've seen it, and I think I think Eli Roth is incredibly overrated as a director. Um, but really? yeah, I don't think I think most of that's his stuffs. I think the like the hostile stuff is just kind of bad and boring. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I like but, it. But that, but I like Cabin the, Fever. The nastier the horror film. Like, I like psychological stuff as well, and I like real life based stuff. But, but it, sometimes you're just in the mood to watch a really nasty horror. Yeah. And I love the hostile movies. I feel like what, I might watch them after, actually after this because I, watch, I you, love them. You should watch the Evil yeah. Dead remake. Uh, it's very good. Mm. Uh, it's scary as crap, and it freaked me I've out. I've seen it. Oh, you did? Would you I've like seen it? it? Of course, I've seen it. Of course, it. you've seen it. Yeah. Um, you- I didn't like the remake of the Evil Dead movie because I thought it was. I don't like violence for just the sake of shock value. It's got to have some purpose. Mm. I get you. Um, it's so a pretty... I wasn't a big big fan of it. And no Bruce yeah. Campbell either. Yeah, so no how Campbell. can you enjoy that? That's there, true. There's no Bruce exactly. Campbell. Yeah, I like yeah, that. It was good. Bruce. The same guy did the the first uh, quiet uh, careful because the Vietnam vet who's blind will hear you and shoot you movie. What was that called? Uh, I hear you coming. I I can hear oh, they, you. Oh, they, oh they, they did a sequel to that, and that was quite good as well. Yeah, I didn't see the sequel. Um, Different director, but that guy. I like that guy. He makes cool movies. Anyway, the point is, oh, the reason I got this right is is the year. This is the, the 2002 <laughs> is the giveaway for that. Just for the record. All right, go ahead, Brian's okay. turn. Right. <laughs> what are you drinking? What do you got today? What what, what are we doing? What's wine. Oh, it's wine. Oh, it's wine. Yeah. Okay, I like it. I mean, red would have yeah. been a little bit more uh, costume appropriate, but you know, whatever. Yeah. If I you're not like going to fully commit to the bit, then yeah, 
if you don't want to. F- <laughs> well, I went to a party party when I was in my twenties, and someone made—is it what is it sangria that you make with the red yeah. wine? Yeah, yeah, red wine yeah, and fruit. And I just spewed all over their apartment. So that was me. That was the end of me and red wine. So white wine. And <laughs> the beginning of your happy. love for horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like watching it. I don't like it happening actually to me. Okay. So, Brian. Yeah. This is the toughest question. This is the only one that <sighs> Colonel Kickhead did not get right. Oh, damn it. Okay. Yeah, sorry. You might get it. Okay. Who plays the religious fanatic Mrs. Carmody in Frank Darabon's 2007 horror film The Mist? I know this. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that is, uh, it's the woman who was, uh, uh, wasn't she Tom Cruise's wife in The Firm? Um, no, that's Jeannie no? Triplehorn. That's Jeannie Triplehorn. Okay, that's who I'm yeah. thinking of. Oh, no, it, never mind. Yeah, okay. Uh, All right, okay. All right, fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's... yes. <laughs> no, she's another it's another walking dead person then and I it's the I'll never get this actress's name. Let's let's just send it over to Scott. Yes. I know he it. He loves yeah. that movie and he knows it. I do yeah. love the I do love the mist. It's Marsha Gay Harden. Marsha Gay Harden. Harden. Yeah. Not yeah. not from Walking Dead, but looks kind of similar to Gene Triplehorn. Yes. I agree. Those two are. Uh, she does a bit, yeah. They're the yeah. Leslie yeah. Bibb, uh, what's her name combo yeah. of their time, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, she's uh, really evil Thank in that you. movie. She's horrible in it. She is. Yeah. She is. Uh, that, that that is a satisfying kill. I mean, we just mm-hmm. recently did for retro cinema our most satisfying '80s movie kills. Mm-hmm. But if it was open to all time. Mm. Her being killed in that movie, you're just like, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and and I don't wish harm on anybody, but they're movie characters. It doesn't matter. She's still alive. But her character, you're just like, oh, you just want to, oh. yeah, she, she plays it so well. She's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so that was Brian's question. Didn't get it. So, nope. Scott? Yeah. All right. What was the twist for the Stewart family, including Grace, Anne, and Nicholas, in the 2001 gothic supernatural film The Others? Oh, uh, the twist. What was the twist? Okay, my memory of that was that uh, Australian native uh, former Tom Cruise wife, what's her name? <laughs> yep. That's uh, I can't think of her name. Sure. What's her name? That, that's not part of the question. What's her freaking name? Her uh, name is Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Gosh dang it. Yes. Mm. My memory was that she thought she was a lot. She thought she was seeing all the ghost shit, but she was a ghost in the end. So it's kind of a Sixth Sense kind go. of deal. Is that the deal? Yeah, you got it. They were ghosts dead. the whole time. <laughs> and they were ghosts the whole time. But that's a great movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Really I love The yeah. Others. It is such a great movie. And it took a Spanish director to just, I think it was his first English talking movie or something. But that that's an awesome movie. Okay, so um, I was kind of guessing that it might come to a tie. Mm. Yeah, uh, you guessed wrong, didn't you? <laughs> I guessed wrong on that one. Wait, wait. See my sleeves? Beautiful. I think it's, yeah. uh, I think okay. it's uh, eight to five, but you, I think usually you have 15 questions, right? So I probably added wrong. Yeah, 15 something. questions. So the number 15 is the first in. Okay. All right. All right. So that mm-hmm. the first in gets two points. So that could change things. <laughs> Won't okay. change anything, but that's great. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. It's all fun. <laughs> it's all fun. <laughs> it's all fun. Okay. All right. First in. Who directed the 1980 horror film 
The Shining. Uh, that's oh. shit. <laughs> that was. Uh, 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 what's wrong with me? I know. What's wrong with both of us? Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the guy uh, with the Full Metal Jacket, uh, uh, 20, 2001 Space Odyssey. What's wrong? Yeah, Ryan, you yeah, know I it. I know. I'm, it's, it's. Come on. Blocked Stop in it. my brain. Hold on. Stop it. Yeah, Come why on. Is it? Just say it. No, say it. Wait. Scott's having a brain fart. I know. This Just is actually kind it. of fun to listen to. Uh, it is fun to listen to, actually. Let's just sit back and listen to that. Co-director of AI. Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Bom- the Bomb Will Drop movie from yeah. the 60s. Yeah. Harvey. Not Harvey. You know, he wasn't at my audition is the problem. If he was at my audition, then I'd probably remember his name. But What is uh, wrong with... Oh, that's right, because you auditioned to be the, the kid yeah. in The Shining. Yeah. Um, you know, Brian was second in line. He almost got to be the kid. No, I, was, I was one of ten. I was one of the last ten. So still, maybe maybe tenth in for line. For I'll the be the last play, ten. Played Danny Torrance in The yeah. Shining. Yeah, you're kidding. Mm. No, no. That is amazing. Then, uh, How cool would that have been? Oh, it would have been fantastic. What is but wrong you, with but my you brain? know the director, Brian? So just bloody say it. Oh my gosh. What is wrong? Scott's about to explode. He's going to do a scanner. It's going to do a scanner and just blow. Uh, What I need to do is remember other things about that. And uh, then the name comes to me because I'm trying too hard to remember it. And when you try too hard to remember something, then you never remember it. The trick, you start to think of something. As soon as you think of something else, it'll come to you. Exactly. And that actor's name is. Yeah. So you could say, like, oh. Uh, See? And then then, then it disappears. (laughs) Like it's S. Uh, um, first letter. First Even letter. The tadpole has fallen asleep. No, oh, I know the tadpole is yelling. Right the tadpole is yelling at us. They're actually getting. I'm sure they're all capping this. And his name is yeah, director. Director. Claire Gat. Yeah, director. Stanley. Stanley Kubrick is Stanley Kubrick. There we go. Diamonds. I was almost there. I was almost there. Like okay. I All right, quick add up. Scott, Jeez, one, two. Painful. I'm sure they're painful. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, about time. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> it's like taking. <laughs> a, oh, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like so, a what dump. are you boys dressing up for for Halloween? Uh, I'm gonna be Hawkeye from Mash. Oh, really? That's yeah. great. Really? Yeah, because we found a shirt that looks just like his floral blue shirt he always wore when he was like when they were screwing it off, and uh, I've got a green. Uh, actual mash shirt under, to go under that, and then some dog tags, and then we got we found a hat that looks just like his like chill out hat. So I will look, I will look nothing like Alan Alda under it, but all of the outside will be mash. Inspired. You'll have to shave your beard off. Well, yeah. Well, there are things. I, there's some things I won't do in this world. And that's one of them. Just oh. kidding. No, I don't he know. Sometimes wore um Hawaiian shirts as well, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. That and that's the what. Pants. And that's what this one looks like. It looks like a big blue and white open you do an open shirt too so if i had a picture of it you guys would go oh okay yeah the hawkeye always wore that it's that's mm-hmm. what we're doing this is mostly my kids ideas because they love mash all right so brian what are you what are you going as i'm dressing as whatever i can just put in the suitcase and put on my head like a like a funny hat i'm going to vermont for the weekend and i'm not packing a big old oh, costume lovely. Cause yeah because i don't even think they get trick-or-treaters where they live because uh, mm. they're the houses are so far apart out there that it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't make sense. So they're too busy making romantic movies out in that area. Yeah. 
Right, exactly. So like, right. Where do we make a romantic movie? Oh, Martha's Vineyard, Vermont. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see things yeah. like, uh, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't go knock on you know that what? door if I were you. Perfect. There we go. Yep. Stephanie's right. I'm going to be Spider Man. I'm taking this. Oh, this take will that fit with nicely you, yeah. in the, uh, Perfect. This will fit nicely in the suitcase. I'll be Spider Man. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Nice. Brian, when you're there, you got to do that voice, though. You got to talk to people like that. You have to go. I wouldn't go up to that town of Ohio. <laughs> try the jelly. Yeah, try the jelly. We make great jelly here. They got you got to talk like all the Stephen King guys, uh, the secondary characters in Stephen King books. It'd be good. Exactly. Yes. Uh, nice. Well, all right, we did it once again. We did it. Uh, next month we'll do another we one. Did it. Yeah. Uh, yes. All right. So just just for everybody listening, do you prefer multiple choice? Like with some wacky answers, or do you prefer the direct well, let answers? Let me let me throw so, out let me throw out a. Uh, uh, an alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say just as let just throwing this out, and we can modify it. What yeah, if uh, if you get it without multiple choice, you get a point. If you need the multiple choice, you get half a point. Ooh! Oh, that's not Ooh, bad. Right? I like that. Yeah, I'm all. I'd sign. Yeah. I'd sign on for that. That's good. Because I would have gotten right. Reagan with half a point. I would have got. There were a couple in there that I probably would have gotten with half a point. That I just like Marsha Gay Harden. I would have gotten with half a point. Yeah. Oh, what a, I would okay. have Stanley like, Kubrick like would have 100% All right, I'll happened. do that. I'll do that. <laughs> end, of, end of December because we're not going anywhere. Okay. So right. All right. I'm not going nowhere in no, December. No, no November? So I will no, be here, no. baby. You're not no going? November? Yeah, you usually go to... Oh, yeah. Oh, you November, oh, no, oh, November, I will be on jury duty, but that'll be fine because that'll be during the day. So Jury okay. duty. Cool. That's all good. Jury duty. I yeah, want to know what jury duty is like down there. What's it like? Is yeah, it no different? kidding. I love it. We get paid do your time. do your judges do your barrister you don't have barristers there do you have judges or uh, we have um, we have lawyers um, solicitors and QCs and judges okay, okay. and the QC? judges don't wear funny wigs powdered wigs or anything sometimes sometimes if it's a big case they do if it's oh, a local really? case they just show up in speedos and thongs sweet that's what I like yeah. about where you live yeah. Uh, yeah they pay you hold on how much do you get paid for that. Uh, well, the last time I did jury duty, I was on jury duty for two and a half months, yeah. and I got paid two hundred and ninety dollars a week. That's pretty good. Which mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. too bad five days a week, and you got in at ten a.m. and left at like three thirty. So, you know, it was better than working. Um, and they've increased it; they've doubled it now. Really? And I'm out of work, so it works out perfectly. So I hope it's a big murder. Hey, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. Big yeah. gnarly murder. Yeah. Let's hope somebody yeah. died. Yeah, to yeah. Make it family killed. That'll be perfect. Yeah, That'd be great. Yeah, go on for months. You'll know That'd it's big. Brilliant. You'll know it's big because they'll have a wig on. That's how you'll know. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Every- yeah. Everybody gets a meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Uh, make sure people check out the Retro Cinema Podcast. Where can they get it and why should they? I mean, they should, but why? Tell them why. Why should they? Well, sell them. You know, Agreed. give them, a, give them your okay. pitch. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm co-host of the Retro Cinema Podcast. We just talk about 80s movies. We're an hour-long podcast. Uh, we're not critics. We just talk about the movies that we absolutely love from the 80s that we watched when we were teenagers. And our recent one just out tonight was actually Top 10 80s Movie kills Ooh, so that was cool. fun yeah, so cool. i picked a lot of quirky ones so check that out and we're on every platform so thank you boys happy halloween everybody you too have a great Thanks, time Tadpool. everyone listening happy halloween you do Stay you safe. as well enjoy your uh wine your copious amounts of wine. 
Enjoy your wine. Yeah, enjoy your Freaking wine. Stanley Kubrick. Man, I, I swear to God, if you would have said, you know, name the movie where Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance, I would have been able to be like, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. The name of the movie is, uh, you know, yeah. it's when you're trying to come up with something. Listen, I swear to God, it's it's early onset Alzheimer's. For me. I'm <laughs> sure are, I mean, we all sure if we if anyone lives long enough, you're guaranteed. You know, your brain's going to break down, right? Right. So exactly. you always wonder when you can't remember Jeez, Stanley please. Kubrick is like, is this the beginning? And of that's my like time? that. You know, Stanley freaking Kubrick. That should be a top of mind. That's yeah. like forgetting George Lucas or Steven Spielberg for me. Or, yeah. You know, you know what's interesting you, is for, for for usually what happens is saying something about things that are in the periphery of the movie yes, remind right. me of what I'm needing to say. No, so, as soon as I started saying, like, uh, Jack Torrance, you know what if I would have said, and the hotel is the Overlook and it's modeled after the Stanley Kubrick? Yeah, there you go. You didn't know that. <laughs> you just have to keep talking to yourself, right? Right, exactly. But like it's before, after the Stanley Hotel. When she said the Malachi and the other character, that's yeah. all I needed for Children of the Corn. If she well, said, yeah, Malachi, yeah. if she said anything else about the Children of the mm-hmm. Corn, I probably no. would have got hung Malachi up on it. Malachi is the only... <clears throat> oh, action right there. Yeah. That I oh. don't, yeah. TVZ gone just put up that Hawkeye image. Uh, that's oh, the shirt. Oh, the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, that's cool. except the one I'm the way I'm gonna wear it. It will be like open with a with a with a khaki underneath. Uh, cool. And then I've got pants like that and you that hat. Bucket hat. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool. going. That's what I'm doing. And no one at our door will know what the hell I am because they're all little kids who've never seen Mash. So their parents will get it. I should. I should ask my dad if we're going anywhere, like if we're going to a restaurant or anything that night, and and it would be appropriate for me to have something, some sort of costume. Because if it is really just going to be us staying home watching something that uh, the three of them find scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> three, like, oh, what are we going to watch? Uh, uh, <laughs> Rosemary's baby. Up in, up in the air where uh, <laughs> you don't get frequent flyer miles. Oh, that's scary. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> A movie exactly. where I people are taxed fairly. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, yes. we're going to uh, do a little bit of news. We got some time, so we're going to crank a couple of these off. Cool. It's time for the news, and it's brought to you by. Brought to you by Coverville today. Beasts and Beasties is going to be the uh, the subject. Uh, of course, Halloween is uh, is coming up. It's just around the corner, and so uh, it's a chance to play some covers of songs that aren't your obvious ones, right? No Monster Mash, no. Um, yeah, nothing like that. It's going to be things like uh, Sympathy for the Devil, Wicked Game, Enter Sandman, covers of songs like that. Plus, because it is King Ad Rock's birthday on Halloween, we'll do a set of Beastie Boys, including the weirdest version of Sabotage you're ever going to hear. Oh. The weirdest damn version of Sabotage. All right. That's intriguing. I want to hear yes. that. Cool. Okay. I uh, won't even say more than that because uh, it's it's just so damn weird. Very cool. So that'll 1 be a 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. And I will be playing Guardians of the Galaxy while uh, the music's going. Oh, nice. They'll get to see mm-hmm. you uh, take Peter Quill out for a uh, Take something. him out for a spin. Yeah. Does that game, That's I bet right. that game has, I didn't check, it probably has a built-in option to turn the music to something Oh, I don't know if it does because usually for the... Yeah, usually when I'm doing the the show, obviously I don't. I turn down all game sounds because yeah, um, you're safe then. People want to hear the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I there's so That's much cool. stuff. I didn't realize there's going to be so much licensed stuff in that game. 
Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. Surprise me. It's great. I love it. It's like perfect for the. For it's like the, a Guitar Hero game. There's so much. <laughs> yeah. Even when he's there. just like in the opening or in the menu and he's just sitting there flipping tracks, it's mm-hmm. like all the music of my youth is me is in this game. It's crazy. Yeah. Really yeah. crazy. Anyway, 1 p.m. You guys. Uh, twitch.tv slash cover that's right, right exactly and yes red links there will be a brand new cover of werewolves of london that just came out a few weeks ago by oh. a band that you haven't thought about since the 90s i love that song exactly that's the cover you guys just heard it there's your preview. that's it that's it it was uh, exactly uh all you get yeah, that's all you're gonna get <laughs> uh here's your story two and f- here's a halloween story for you two and five americans say ghosts exist mm. and one in five say they've encountered one mm. Mm. okay all right now, are you a ghost uh, believer or are you a ghost denier Scott? i am not a ghost believer i think yeah, ghosts uh... are often and more often than not figments of people's imagination i think that dream states can tell people a lot about uh, what they think they're seeing and um, I have people who I know who say that they wake up in the middle of the night and see ghosts and visages, mm-hmm. um, but they turn turns out they have an actual scientific condition that, whose name I forgot. Someone in the chat will know this name. Drunk is that actual uh, <laughs> scientific condition. It's uh, I can't remember what it is. There's a word for it, but at night you you're caught somewhere it's some it's some weird thing where you it's not even a, dis- a disability or anything but it's somewhere mm-hmm. it's some condition where you get caught between rem and non-rem sleep and mm-hmm. they're in that yeah. space is like an effed up perception Full hallucination zone yeah. yeah and i think hallucinations happen i think not sleep paralysis something else i forget the name of it para oh wow city and so- yeah parasophilism is that it that might be it so it's a lot, but uh, I'll just say this, and you can come, everyone who wants to can come at me. Ghosts aren't real, y'all. And if you think you ought, they are, you're you freaking buying into. I'm totally. I'm open oil. to any proof that people can give me, and the Ghost Hunters show ain't it. That nope. new Demi Lovato thing that I keep seeing commercials for, where she describes herself as I'm Demi Lovato, actress, singer, and ghost experiencer, uh-huh. which is the most awkward title. Ever. Yeah, I'm more inclined to believe people who, and I don't, and I also don't think they've seen them. But I'm more inclined to believe Bigfoot sightings and alien sightings. Now, if you know me, you know that that I already don't think those are happening. So that's mm-hmm. just how far off ghosts are for me. Like it's it's if you if you buy into it in any significant way, you're just kind of a sucker. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, that's where I'm at with that. Hey, uh, I guess send your emails if you're a ghost believer. I don't know. Who's yeah. out there that's like, oh, I can't hey, wait listen, to register my I don't, complaint. I don't fault anybody who believes in them, but but uh, unless I can actually see some sort of proof, then I'm a skeptic. Yeah, there you go. Skeptical always. Yeah, you show me, give me some hard proof, I'm in. But some blurry film of uh, uh, some night footage of somebody's security camera that uh, thinks that a, a, a little fly or a moth in the middle of the night is a ghost. That's not proof. That's additional horse shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Ace, Ace uh, of the Jungle brings up a... I wonder if you want to tackle this. He says, you know, why is it okay for people to say, I believe in God, um, and it's perfectly normal, but if you say, I believe in ghosts, Bigfoot or Loch Ness, then you're a sucker. Um, no, I'm not. I, I'm I think not. it's because you're not believing in a... Well, you're not believing in a little dude who lives in the clouds, per se. You're believing in a faith. You're having faith in a in a um, a spirit that... that 
uh, that that powers the religion, right? It's the yeah. the basis of the religion that you have faith in, yeah. as opposed they to also, I, I mean, believe he's walking around doing miracles. And, and you got no you got no proof of that either. So, right. I, I, I'm not. Uh, he's, what about what, rainbows, Scott? What he's saying is, if you believe, what he's saying is, why is it okay? There's there is no okay. Neither of those examples yeah. are proof ready. You know, right, right. neither one neither, of them are going to go. Look, this thing has had any sort of proof that that we can say. Oh, well, there you go. There's perfect proof of the existence of God. Yeah, and then, and then you know, plenty of people claim it, but I, you know, no one shows me any proof. Let's That's see right. your, let's see your proof. And again, it can't be security camera uh, that caught a moth at 2 a.m. It can't be that. <laughs> it can't be that shaky cam video of Bigfoot walking into the jungle that uh, Quentin Tarantino has on repeat in his office. Damn straight. Oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, look, I just walk away, man. Just walk away. <laughs> look at those feet. Yeah, look at those feet. You are, you are going to have a... Uh, <laughs> Claire, I look Claire has figured out that as long as you have a couple lowercase letters in her all caps... Yeah. Then she gets away with it. She is really trying to figure out how to bust that rule. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. Two all right. and anyway, five. Yes. That's a lot. And here's here's how this goes. Uh, with Halloween just days away, uh, it's season for all things spooky. Ghosts, demons, vampires, all that stuff. Uh, a new YouGov sur- survey of 1,000 American adults. That's not a huge sample, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Found that many aren't convinced that these entities are just the stuff of scary stories and horror films. More than two in five Americans say they believe demons, 43%, exist. A similar percentage, 41%, say the same about ghosts. For both, more Americans say they do exist than don't. The rest are untrue or unsure. Uh, so far, so sorry, far fewer Americans believe in the existence of werewolves, only 9%. Why? Why do? Why do? You, why is that? Why, any yeah. Less? What's that? No. What's that? Uh, why are werewolves more than vampires? There's yeah. somebody's like, well, of course there are werewolves, but vampires. Come on, don't be crazy. Yeah, don't get, <laughs> don't, don't be bringing There's your vampire whole, bullshit. One percent of the population that believes in werewolves, but not vampires. Yeah, that's odd. Uh, so vampires at eight. Thirty-one percent think that other supernatural beings do exist. So without specifics. Uh, women are more likely than men to believe in both ghosts, 50, 50% versus 31%, and demons, 48 to 38 That's an interesting break. Mm-hmm. I wonder where that would be. That's weird. Education level may also play a part. Really, you think? You think education <laughs> might have something to do with this? Uh, play a part in whether a person believes in ghosts. Americans with postgraduate education are the least likely to believe in ghosts it, at 28% compared to 41% overall. Yeah, that's kind of how that goes. Yeah. Uh, the same trend applies to the topic of whether demons exist. Americans who completed the postgraduate education programs are least likely to believe in demons <laughs> at 31% compared to 43 overall. I still think 31 is high. Welcome to our TED Talk. And by the way, um, completely uh, respect and support people who uh, do believe in God and, and, and all that. Oh, yeah. Let's, so, let's make this clear. So I don't this want is my not, yeah. earlier comment to make it sound like, <laughs> no, if you believe in God, you're a sucker, too, because no. that's definitely not the way I that's not what the way we're. That's not what we're saying. What I'm saying specifically is anybody who believes... You know what? Flip it over and just go Bigfoot. Yeah, there you go. If you believe it's in the same Bigfoot, thing. you're a sucker. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> It's just a complete it's a complete hoax and it's always been one and will ever be one and we now live in a time where we have like powerful technology that that can scan an entire forest and see if there's any heat signatures anything anything out of the ordinary they're not there they don't exist right right i believe in mailer demons what's a mailer demon i don't know what that is 
That's uh, it sits on the server and reroutes your email when oh. you send. Oh yeah. Oh oh, like yeah. like uh, yeah. Was like now yeah, that you said demons. it, I can yeah. now see it in my head on an email. You now see it exactly. Yeah. It's like if you view sort of a mailer demon. Yeah, I love that. So Dame, Damon, it's never, it's not, it's supposed to be spelled demon. I pronounce it demon, but it's D A E M O N S. I don't know if it's pronounced demons or daemons. I don't think it's pronounced male or daemon. Maybe do we have a bio cow or some techie expert person buy into that or can tell us how we're supposed to say that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Yeah, anyway. don't, we're not, this is, we're not bashing religion. No, no, no. First no, of all, no, no, people no. people need to understand, they probably know this about me already. Religion for me, my entire life has not been about what deity or what 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 thing you think is there, or what thing you have faith in. It's about on the ground, like getting work done kind of religion. Like make sure that guy's fed, make sure that lady has a job, make sure uh, those mm-hmm. kids are protected, uh, see what you can do about helping that lady with cancer. That's religion to me. So, if you're wondering why you I'm, I'm not being dismissive, I'm just I just think that rubber to the road is where we ought to be focused with religion. Yes, anyway. rubber. Focus on rubber. <coughs> and Focus roads. on your rubber and your road, and you'll never be hungry a day in your life. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's it for the for that. We're we're done. That's that's news. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the all ghost right. the ghost story is all you're going to get today. But that's okay cuz when we come back my sister Wendy will be here. We're going to talk about some of those phobias you guys sent in last yeah. week. Uh excited about that. So stick around, but first Brian will play a song. Brian, what do you got? Sure. Uh the Beginners have a brand new single that they've released. It's uh coming from their forthcoming EP which is called Ooey Gooey. Scott, you're going to like this as much as I do because it features uh a vocalist from the Aces, Matthias Mora, and uh, we both really like the Aces. They're that local Utah band that had the song, the, what was it, the 805? What's your area code out there? 800, then other numbers. Mine's 800, oh no, I'm sorry, 805. <laughs> Nobody has the area code 800? They're not 800, sorry. I was thinking a zip code. I was thinking zip code. Sorry, 801 and 450. Four, three, five. Right. Yeah, so, we have two of them. So there's their yeah. song, the 801, was a big. Oh, I love that song so much. It's so yes. good, so good. Those are the Aces, and uh, Matthias Moore from that band is a guest vocalist on this song. The new song is called Gnarly, and it's by Beginners from their upcoming EP, Ooey Gooey.
you guys. What's going on? You know, it's fall. It's fall. Do you, do you feel it? Uh, we could all use a, a, a stiff breeze. <laughs> this episode's brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, listen. Confidence can take you pretty far in life. It can help you in the bedroom as well. Especially when it comes to stepping up to the plate. Well, that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. And you can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. This process is pretty simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. No doctor visits, no sitting around in that office waiting for anybody, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door as well in a very discreet package. So, first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? That's right. Blue Chew can help you in, uh, you know, the ways you need it to help you. <laughs> so if you could benefit from that, a little bit of extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code TMS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code TMS to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information as well. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's episode. Was it a good idea, putting our trust into that man? Mm-hmm. The one who defeated Komara the Guardian. It could have been. Yes, I'm almost sure he did it. Baseball players are swimming in ladies. The Morning Stream. It's like this show that you're listening to right now, but better. All right, we have returned from the break. Brian, that song once again, please. That song is gnarly, and it comes from the Ooey Gooey EP, which uh, comes out November 12th of this year. It's by uh, Beginners, featuring uh, Matthias Mora from the band The Aces. That's a lot of information. Growing up in the 801. It's such a great song. It's so it's good. A great album. That whole album. That whole so, album's so great. Good. They're great. Yeah. I think. I hope yeah. they have nothing but just like extreme success. I think they're an yeah. awesome local band, and I'm proud to say they're from here. All right, uh, we're gonna get Wendy in here. Her phone says she's on sleep, but I don't think that's true. She's sleeping. Yeah. Don't wake her. My guess is it'll ring her phone. Yep, there it is. See the icon changed, mm-hmm. and then it'll it'll transfer to her, her PC or her Mac, which is where she'll probably answer this she's got the rings of ringage the rings of ringage as daryl used to say oh by the way somebody asked hey you guys should have daryl on talk about that new animated trek thing coming out Um, oh yeah i did he said uh no (laughs) so i know yeah we we try to get daryl on here all the time yeah uh, he doesn't want to it's not he's not mad we talk it's fine everything's good he's just like i don't know he just doesn't want to do it i don't know i don't know why but uh he, uh, you ping him on Twitter, he'll tell you how he feels about that stuff. He still loves Star Trek, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw that painting he did. Did you see that? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, the uh, Bob Ross uh, painting. Yeah. yeah. With a little Bob Ross inside fantastic. of him. He's got like Bob Ross in him, and he didn't even know it. He's probably cranky about that, too, but still, it's very cool. 
No, it's he's he's uh, way way more talented at painting than we ever knew, than we ever had any idea. Yeah, so. it seemed really rad. All right, Wendy. Oh, there she is. Hi, Wendy. Hey, sorry. No, you're fine. You're good. Hey, uh, oh wait, wait. I have music. Uh, uh, where is it? Everyone knows Wendy. Look who it is. It's my sister Wendy. She is uh, a a true professional therapist that helps real people all the time with their real <laughs> problems. But she slums it here on Thursdays with us to help you with yours. And today right. it's a little different. It feels like appropriate for Halloween week though because you had us collect a few phobias from our listeners yeah. and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about those before we do though do you got any you got any hot plans for the uh for the holiday you guys do anything fun with the kids uh actually adam is uh, out of town he's in vegas oh, um right. for it this is hilarious mm. uh i don't know who all these people are but he works for 3m and he is at a wound conference Ooh, that wound. sounds fun Ooh. a wound is that great is it, an, is it an open i just think it's so funny is it an yeah. open is conference it... <laughs> yeah, you're getting like an <laughs> open wound uh-huh. it? okay there it's it. an open wound i like what yeah, you did there yes yeah, thank uh-huh. you very much yeah. Good one. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah that's where he is so i am gonna be handling the halloween sugar rush by myself so i'm very bored and excited that time. that's Pretty awesome great. so you're gonna be at the you'll be door you'll be a door person you i'll be to. the door and yeah. i will be Trying to keep my dog happy, and he has an a, an it's not Adidas, but it's Addy Dog sweatshirt mm. with the hood <laughs> that he wears. It's so cute, and it's I don't know if you know this, but you put a sweater on a dog, and the reason they look so sad is because they're totally restricted and hate it. Mm. <laughs> so that's how I'm going to handle the dog in the door, and then uh, the kids just trick or treat and. Cool. Uh, that sounds fun. I can't even imagine what Vegas is like on Halloween. If it's just, yeah, if right. The, the mm-hmm. you know the scantily clad get even scantily cladder and, yeah. and start walking around down the strip. You, you know, how do you have a sexy nurse costume when right when, when every Tuesday. day in Vegas is a sexy a sexy nurse day? <laughs> right. How do you go? How do you go more costume or how do you go more Halloween? Right. Oh, I, I'm, I'm wearing a postage stamp today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we did it one yeah. year. We were there in Halloween one year, on but Halloween? I, it was only for. It may have only been the daytime. It was passing. Th- I don't remember what the deal was. We weren't there like at night for all of whatever would go on. But I remember it being pretty wall to wall people outside walking with like costumes on and kids and sure. kids included. Yeah. Like people were just dressed up and it was on the nicer end of the strip. Like who knows what Fremont looked like that night. But- <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to think about it. A lot it. more tricks, far fewer treats. That's right. right. Uh, well, Wendy, uh, it's good to have you here, and I uh, hope that's fun. Oh, the only other question is: Is Abe? What's Abe's take on the? Is he? He's too old now. He's not going to go, right? He's just going to. Oh no! He has a tradition. He and his buddies have a Halloween party where they're dumb. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's what he does. They're just dumb. I'm sure they're going to do damage because now all of them drive, so it's yep. a little scary. But... Dumb and do damage. That's what you do. Yeah, dumb and do damage. That's yeah. what uh, kids do. <laughs> that's what they do. All right. Well, let's get to what other people don't like to do. Um, we got. Yeah, let's talk about things we hate. Yeah, like we got a phobias. handful of these now. Um, not nearly as many people sent in them that I thought that we would. A lot of people just didn't admit their their phobias. Um, you know, we've talked about. Well, also really quick. Let me just say this. Phobias are the extreme form of what we all have. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it applies to everybody, but I appreciate their. Oh, that's interesting. So if I have a phobia. fear, if I have an extreme fear of heights, somebody else might have a slight fear of heights or yeah. ultimately everybody, if they're in a precarious position at height, 
are going Should to experience it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Or they've lost a part of their brain. So why do we, why do, and maybe this is the point of today, but why do we, why do some of us have that at, it, at its extreme? Oh, we will get there. So let's use somebody's example. All Can right. we use the, the monkey one? All no, right. the, no, not the monkey one. That one's funny. We definitely read that one. <laughs> okay. Read the monkey one first. And then we, we want to mainly focus on the cockroach. All right. This is from Jessica. This is uh hi, all in Wendy says the email. I be, or I'm behind and just listened to last week's uh, therapy Thursday episode. Here's my phobia. I'm terrified of monkeys. Twice, I've actually run away from them and left my child. They were actually Here quite. Here they f- come, walking <laughs> down the street. Nice. Those. I don't think it's those kind of monkeys, but maybe. Oh, those are the ones I'm afraid of. Okay. Ooh, Mickey yeah. Dolan's man. Yeah, he's Jeez. scary. You don't want him following you around. Anyway, uh, talked about how the kid was quite small. Uh, left them behind me out of pure terror. I feel hideous and guilty when I think about it, and I did manage to get my act together and go back for him. It was He was really fine. They were very small, and his father was there really, but OMG, really. I don't live in a place with regular monkey encounters, but when I've been on vacations and they're around, I do not love it. I can see them. They're very far away. That's fine. I cannot feed them. I don't want to be near them, and the whole let's go to Borneo and be one, of the, uh, be one with the apes sounds mental to me. Honestly, I'm not scared of many animals. Hippos are gross, but monkeys are just awful. Man, really throwing the hippos under wow. the bus. Uh, no kidding. We'll drive by uh, a hippo. Okay. Hippos are gross. Like hip, nobody brought up hippos, but just decided just throw them under They're the bus. Gross. Yeah, yeah. Gross. I guess you'd have to throw yeah. them. It'd be a big bus, but anyway, whatever. It'd be a very big bus. Yeah. Uh, it says there, uh, but monkeys are just so awful. I walk by them at the zoo. Uh, by what? But monkeys are just so awful. I just walk by them at the zoo. Oh, she doesn't hang around to look at them. I think bats are cute. I don't have much of a feeling about snakes or spiders. I don't want to touch live fish, but I would if I had to. Uh, people with pet monkeys are weirdos, right? Have a great Halloween, Jessica. I really like that one. Yeah. yeah. People with monkeys are weird, right? Anyway, have a great Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. I don't have this feeling yeah. about monkeys at all. I was trying to think if this would be like if I was put in a cage with a really angry gorilla. Yeah. My. Mm. Sure. I think suddenly my ape fear would would climb, but f- like little monkeys or just see them in a zoo or you know being around them, that doesn't scare me at all. Even the mean ones, it's just like ah, oh, you weird looking little weirdos, you know. It'd be fine. Yeah. So so how, so all right. So let's talk about this one. So we'll just start with this. This is like well within the range of normal to a little extreme, right? Like mm-hmm. how she feels about hippos and spiders and snakes is we'd say that's. That's a, a normal range of response to an animal. So what I like about this is that it's animals because we all can think of something that maybe we don't love that when it gets near us or it can get out of control. Like everyone who loves dogs doesn't love a snarling um, attack dog in their face. Promise. Yeah, yeah, I promise. Sure, sure. That's a moment you don't love dogs. And it's because you are threatened and there's all the signs that you're being threatened, right? Okay. So the question becomes what happened with monkeys that moved it from the range of like, she's, she's fine with spiders. She, she doesn't want to touch live fish. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fish one. The fish is good. Oh, so I have that by the way. I don't want to, I don't want to touch live fish. With the monkeys, right? I don't want so I don't, I don't to touch live fish. Why? What does that say about me? Is that bad? You, you want to touch. Live I fish? don't want to touch live fish. They freak oh. me out when well, they're live. Right. So that's an example of within the range of like, yeah, it's kind of gross or it doesn't feel good or that's strange. And then other people, maybe their curiosity is a little bigger than 
the maybe innate fear of an unknown thing, right? So, so often we, we talk about ADD, for example, as this, like, um, like this doesn't work in the modern world. You got to focus or whatever. Truth is the reason it's rampant and the reason it survived genetically through all of the hunter gatherers is that curious, um, uninhibited person ran out in front and found the new water source or found a new food to eat. And then a bunch of people died as well. Right. But the ones who, you know, genetically have been rewarded also have been risk takers or just, you know, that type of thing. So you think about animals in that way. If the creepy crawly eight legs coming at you of a giant tarantula didn't scare you, well then somebody figured out what it was because mm-hmm. it didn't bother them right. or, you know, found out it wasn't poisonous. So we have a long history of humanity and things that are not human to decide if we're afraid of them or not. Some come very naturally because of the way they move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's certain animal well, features. Like the way that spiders, are snakes, the way they move. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Different or coloring, poison, like all of the ways in a, the natural world, you know, a, an animal lets someone else know it's either poisonous mm. or I'm going to taste bad or <laughs> get away from me. All of those things also work on us. We're just, we just don't have the sense of smell that warns us early or we, but we do visually conceive the thing, right? And so yeah, it's usually color red yeah. too, right? That, that animals will have that and uh, to, make other animals think that they're poisonous that they're yes. yeah red's which good. is why brown yeah. recluses are so terrifying because they're mm-hmm. just brown mm-hmm. and they can look <laughs> like your carpet yeah they and look like and they look like wolf spiders and oh yeah they're yeah they're, yeah, they're, they're bad yeah and they'll eat your flesh or whatever they do yeah so. see we can find things to be scared of so all right so how this i want you to tell that story first because it's funny um but it's an example of like something maybe happened once in her life with a monkey Mm-hmm. And it could have been a stuffed sock monkey. monkey. It, we don't know. Um, but often how anything moves from neutral to, that's a little weird, to I hate and I will abandon my child to get away from it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then we know um, that something has triggered the brain. And, and I'll get into the the, uh, the anatomy of it in just a second. But something has triggered the brain the fear receptors, all of it to say, hey, you may not be okay. And sometimes it's just adjacent to monkeys. So maybe something really hard happened at the zoo once. She got yelled at. She got lost. Mm-hmm. Something hard and difficult. And that kind of got all of her, everything tingly. And then she sees a monkey. <laughs> and that could be enough. Yeah, honestly. It's just the proximity of the monkey the to the other monkey. The proximity of the monkey, things. the mm-hmm. smell of a monkey, yeah. whatever. So so now here she is as a parent, like, yeah, I got to take my kids to zoos because that's the right thing to do. And she's having to sort of deal with the monkey. So it's far more likely that a monkey threw poo at her at the zoo. And, and that, yeah, caused, oh, seriously, yeah. so many things. Also, monkeys look enough like human movement. Mm. Um, I think there's just something else about that that can be really freaky. But Vast majority of people aren't afraid of monkeys. Why is she? Well, usually because there is some tie and we'd have to maybe psychoanalyze her to figure it out. This next story, though, is a much more clear example of this. And then I'm going to walk you through how you would actually treat either of these things. But let me just say really quick, let me describe what is happening in the brain. So I think last week we talked about the amygdala. Yeah. um, We're talking about movies when you're a kid and how they stick with you and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so think of it, we kind of think of the brain as having three layers and the first 
oldest part of the brain is the lizard. You've heard it called the lizard brain before, yeah, right? Yeah. And that is survival, eat, sex, fight, freeze, run, die young. Like it's, it has got nothing. Um, it's just instinctual, really survival-based responses to yeah. things. This is also we breathe without thinking type of thing, right? right. Yeah. Where someone's stopping your breathing, you're going to fight like crazy to breathe again, right? A lot of that really is that. You know what's funny is I, I'm, not good at, I'm not good at focusing on my breathing. I never have been. Um, I, I, I get distracted and think of other things when I'm supposed to focus yeah. on my breathing is just like relaxation or whatever. But when somebody yeah. brings up the fact that we breathe without thinking about it, then all I can think about is that I'm breathing. Isn't that weird? I mean, if somebody don't think of a black dog and all you can think of is a black dog at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird reverse thing. And that is exactly what I'm getting at is the don't do something is like a cue to the brain Mm -hmm. that there must be some, something going on there. Mm -hmm. My, my favorite story. Do you remember my friend Katie? Yeah. Yeah. I love Katie. Katie was my favorite of your friends. I love her. She was great. She went to New York after college. (laughs) She's great. She went to college after New York or went to New York after college and lived on some fun street and always funny things happened to her. Right. And she said one time she's walking down the street (laughs) and there's this guy and you know how they always have like the sidewalk opens up and it goes down into a basement. It's like those, whatever she he's carrying this giant, really heavy bag and he kind of is setting it down into the darkness. And he looks over her like a cartoon and goes, Never you mind what goes on down here. (laughs) (laughs) So guess what? She wanted to really, really know what was going on down there, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. It's that protective is this and and it and it may be like a funny version of it, but that it always extends to if I know something, I'm going to feel better about it, right? So that's why we explore things, or that's why we try something, is I, I need to see it or touch it or know it. That's one of our ways of understanding the world. And so when you're told not to, there is this just, is this safe or not that kind of gets clicked in. So that's a, a little bit reptilian. I would say that could be more complicated than that, but we'll say it's that. Okay. So that thing is exactly the premise of what we're getting at is the don't do something only makes it scarier. So that guy was probably taking down like laundry or garbage or something like it's probably not scary at all and he was just being funny and if she had followed him and said you know i'd really like to know what's going on down here (laughs) and saw that it was just garbage then her brain would go oh yeah that's nothing Mm -hmm. but what her brain has now is a funny story but also it's a little bit freaky she doesn't know so the knowing actually gives the brain the message like oh it's okay right well, not only she and not so here's know, what happens she, with things. Doesn't she what? make up? She's made up her own ending to the story too, probably oh, yeah. in a number of ways, right? Like, totally. Yeah. And then for 20 years, we say, "Never you mind what goes on down there," right? Like it's <laughs> it's built into it our becomes vocabulary. A, becomes yeah. a quote of yeah. The, yeah the, it's our own meme. Friend meme. Uh, the meme before memes were cool. Okay, yeah. so then if we think of what's happening, okay, so we have this little almond-shaped part of our brain called the amygdala, and that is where. All of the input, it has connections throughout the brain and the body. Like it is a a size of an almond, but mega powerful. And that is, it gets the information of that berry is red. I'm in the forest. I've never seen it before. That could be really bad. Um, So you're going to have a nervous response or a fear, uh, sort of a 
it can be a curiosity, but like a nervous curiosity, kind of like haunted house stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. you, your body has this instant. I don't know if I'm okay or not. And so what the amygdala does is it's constantly scanning using all of its resources to see if things are safe or not. And so let's say you walk into a party, you know, no one, you, the amygdala is scanning the room and it's like, yeah, this isn't good. I don't know anybody. I could really, you know, it's not thinking, it's just feeling. I should, let's be really clear. It just creates the parasympathetic nervous system to respond. So now your heart rate has gone up. Your blood pressure is a little higher. Your stomach doesn't feel awesome. Like it's, it's preparing you for something bad to happen. And then nothing bad happens because it's just a dumb party or the other way around. You walk into a party, you know, a bunch of people. It's all your favorite people. This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I, I haven't seen you all for two years. Yay. So it scans the room. Everything is safe and you feel calm and good. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. that's its job. It's to find scary things that could hurt you and kill you and to let you know you're safe. Okay. This is really important. The amygdala, amygdala does no thinking. It's a reptile. It does no thinking. It just responds. Okay. So who does all the thinking is the cortex. So that is the storytelling part of us that helps us understand the feeling. So uh, let me give you two examples. Did I give these last time about going in the basement and seeing this figure? Uh, No, no, I don't think so. I feel like I said it before and maybe I did it here. Sorry. Okay. So now imagine you walk down in your basement, your little kid. Everyone has a scary basement kid story, right? Yep. Yep. And you look over and you see a figure in the corner. Mm -hmm. Is it a hippo? It's not a hippo. (laughs) It looks like a dude who's probably going to kill you. Okay. Okay. And what happens? Uh, You you run. Often you turn around and run the other way. Oh, maybe you freeze. That might be it, right? Yeah, you can choose. You you don't choose, by the way. The (laughs) the amygdala chooses for you. The amygdala chooses for you. You fight, flight, or flee, right? You do one of the Mm -hmm. three Fs. Mm And um, that happens with no thought. That's just because your visual intake was this figure in the corner. So you instantly have the three Fs. Wait, why is there three? Isn't flight and and flee the same? Flee are kind of the same. Flee is flight, same thing. Okay. Um, There is a fourth. and uh, Yeah, we can't say that one on on this show. (laughs) Yeah. That is not what it is. Uh, the fourth one, the fourth one may be mistaken by men as as what you're referring to, but fourth, the fourth one is fawn, mm. which oh. is like really trying to convince the axe murderer that he's a nice person and he's not gonna, they, he's safe. And oh, well, it's what you see anything. in movies, but you should never try in real life, like uh, trying to talk to your mugger. You know, right? You're supposed right. to yeah. just or, or your abuser. Like, there's lots of versions of this. Or yeah. your boss, who's a jerk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's fawning that happens. Okay, so. The threat is there. Your amygdala reacts. You eventually you have the one of the three F responses, and then you someone flips on the light, and you see it's that your it's your dad's suit hanging there drying in the laundry room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So now the cortex goes, oh yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. I had it wrong. I thought it was a guy gonna kill you, because so the amygdala responded. There is no story. So the cortex goes, that guy's going to kill you. That's the response of, of the cortex. The thinking newer parts of our brain goes, there has to be an explanation. What is it? Must be a murderer. And you hit the lights and now I have more information. And now I, the cortex changes the story to, oh, it's just a suit. Now, just for a moment, imagine this happens to you. You were frozen. Mm-hmm. How long until you feel you're back to homeostasis? Your heart rate's normal. Your breathing is normal. 
probably, you know, five minutes, a few yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. It can take up to about 20 to okay. feel completely really? normal. Not that long. But it, okay. But it varies. It varies with people. It varies with how your sort of endocrine system works. But for the most part, you're looking at five to 20 minutes for most people. Okay. And that's because what the amygdala just did, if you didn't poop your pants, it was preparing to, <laughs> right? Which is get blood to your extremities or away from your extremities so they don't get chopped off and bleed. you bleed to death. Mm-hmm. Make sure your lungs are extra capacitated so you get more oxygen to your heart so you can run. Your, your quads have more um, zing so you can run away. Uh, you you don't need that poop in your colon, so either let's get rid of that or suck it back in. <laughs> so oh. no digestion, no reproductive rights, nothing's happening right. that isn't necessary in that moment. So to get from that state in one second is that's the amygdala's job, yeah, and it okay. does a really good job. And for it to then calm down takes a while because we have to reabsorb the crap that just got released and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you're you're rushing to put all the boards up because the hurricane's coming. You live in South Florida, but then yes. it takes a lot longer to take those boards down and get your store back to normal. Totally. Yeah, good totally. comparison. Yeah. And this is where breathing is always so highly recommended for calming is because what happens when you're in that state is you don't breathe deeply. You breathe shallowly and rapidly, mm-hmm. Right. And that's why when you see panic attacks on TV shows, they're, they're heavy breathing in a bag, right? It's that quick breath that is part of escaping. That's part of the three Fs, right? So you get back to homeostasis. The brain tells you, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, it's just a suit. We're fine. And the amygdala eventually is fine. Yeah. So I'm going to promise you for the next 10 times you go down the stairs, you're going to hit the light before you walk in the room. Because your brain has learned the amygdala is the driver of is something safe or not? Let's just not do that again. Okay. So that's one example. Now I'm going to give you a different example. And this is where anxiety. So that makes sense, right? Sure. That is our system working. And of course, our cortex is creative and thinks of an axe murderer rather than a coot so coat suit. Um a coot. But it learns. Coot <laughs> a suit coat. What am I saying? Coat suit. Suit coat is what you mean. Stop it. Okay. Anyway, so. Here's a different story. So say you are home alone. Yeah. And okay, here's a, I'll give you a specific example. So there's a woman home alone. Her husband is traveling. He's out of town. He hasn't gone out much and he's suddenly gone. Um, and she's sitting in her house and it's 9 p.m. at night and the garage door opens. So mm-hmm. the garage door does not trigger the amygdala. Because guess what? The amygdala has heard a million times mm-hmm. is the garage door. Mm-hmm. It's never been associated with death, destruction, someone's here to kill you. Okay. It's only been associated with, oh, my friend's coming home or my husband's coming mm-hmm. home or we're heading somewhere. It just has no amygdala triggering power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so this is where the cortex goes. Yeah. Guess who's not in town? That garage door should not be opening. Mm-hmm. So the cortex is now the thing alarmed because it knows that someone's not in town and that door shouldn't be opening. So then it scares the amygdala. <laughs> so this is like the, it's like the, hold on a minute. This is not, you know, this isn't, it's logical. The cortex part. It's like the thinking part, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah logical except for you're going to get murdered right now. Well, right. It's, it's basically <laughs> just presenting the facts, which is like, well, just so you know, that thing did make the noise, and that's normal when your husband's here, but as you know, he's not here, so therefore, and then the amygdala goes, oh, shit, and starts freaking yeah, out and banging 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what happens. So when we talk about 
anxiety or even phobias specifically, um, there is something that is, there's a dance between these amygdala and the cortex and they can scare each other, right? So think of it as like the friend that you want to go to the haunted house with because you're going to also, you're really good at scaring each other. Yeah. So they they work in tandem. And so when people worry or spend a lot of time ruminating about things, that is the cortex trying to do something about the underlying fear mm. that is physiologically occurring, right? So one of our jobs as therapists is to help pull apart these two things, who's scaring who, and what do we do about it? So for example, if we can get enough space between the two and the amygdala is triggered and we can train the person to calm the amygdala, this is why we always talk about breathing, because when you breathe deeply, you're telling the amygdala you're okay. If you're not okay, you have to breathe fast because you got to run away, or freeze mm-hmm. or fight. Um, and so that deep breathing basically tricks the amygdala into thinking that it's okay and it can calm down faster. Right. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. The totally problem sense. is you people have really good imaginations. And so that <laughs> cortex is really good at making something freaky and then vice versa coming up with ridiculous explanations when the amygdala is triggered. Mm. So here's the thing. Normal life, your amygdala should be triggered every once in a while. You know what's amazing is we get in cars. They're like flipping death machines. Yeah. But our amygdalas do not go off until we've been in even a fender bender. And it's enough to say, whoa, 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 dude, you have been sleeping on the job. This is actually really bad and terrifying. And yeah. this could kill you. Yeah, it's a real So now up. we get in trouble because no, most of us aren't well practiced in how to manage the dance between our amygdala and our cortex because we're just sucked into it we're just experiencing it it just takes over right yeah is that explain why there's so much road rage like somebody getting pissed because someone cut them off it's not just a a a weird anomaly of like oh i'm mad only at this only now i'm mad it's because this he breached the contract right it's like oh no i'm now in danger and before now this stretch of highway is no big deal but now it's a terrible place because this guy did this so i'm gonna flip it and what you'd be amazed at if we just had cars except that took the cars away and it was just people and they would like run into each other and be mad or cut each other off. They would be less likely to be in fight mode and more likely to be in flee or freeze mode because they don't have a big ramming machine around them. (laughs) So it's kind of a safe place to be in fight mode. And so I think that's why it's more common than maybe fight mode would be in like a library. I think that's been one of the things about the pandemic that has been, I think fascinating to watch and terrifying and awful is just, how many people can be in a activated state and go into fight mode in a public place about a mask or something, right? Like watching that happen more frequently than what we're used to. um, Does it, it was like, Whoa, that's not all right. We can do that in our cars. Um, But it's because, you know, people are activated. Their amygdalas are activated. They had a cortex that's saying, none of this is even real. Um, stop it, trying to calm the, I mean, so the amygdala, let me say this about the cortex. It can activate the amygdala and it also does a lot of work to try to calm it down, Mm. but it does it with things that sometimes aren't so helpful. So people getting good at understanding this and calming their nervous systems and, and, and breathing through the amygdala response until it calms down without activating all the cortex stuff. This isn't easy to do and you're not going to do it on day one. So no. just saying that. Okay. So hopefully that gives you an overview of how these two things kind of work together. Mm-hmm. And then read the email about the cockroaches. Okay, here we go. 
Uh, by the way, my amygdala, if we could look at it, is just a flopping nightmare, little nightmare ball that just isn't there going, Rah, everything sucks. What are you doing? Rah. It's no longer shaped like an almond. Now it's like a walnut. Now it's a misshapen. Shaped like, uh, shaped like the handle of an airport toilet. Yes. Mm. There you go. As clean, too. All right. Moving on. Uh, Chris Pops and Recline in the chat wrote this. My wife has a terrible fear of cockroaches and has traced its origin through therapy. As a young girl, she was molested by a family member who was also their exterminator. We live in family South Florida. Friend who was the exterminator? Oh, a family friend. Sorry, who was who was also their exterminator? We live in South Florida, so she still screams when she sees a leaf in the garage, uh, sleeps in the car when we go camping, and never allows eating outside the kitchen. Uh, I can fill in details if needed. Let me know, uh, Chris. So. Uh, that's a pretty extreme uh, case, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. that, yeah. that explains but what a weird, it. Though. What yeah. a weird way, like a, a not weird, but what a weird, <laughs> what a an unusual way for it to channel itself, right? From the yeah. from the molestation, then to the creature that the uh, exterminator is focused on, right? Right, right, right. And and this is a perfect example. I could not have picked a better one. Of mm-hmm. we can all imagine. That the trauma that makes so much sense that there would be some some really deep seated fear and and survival response that the amygdala would be incredibly activated like you're being harmed by this person in such an intense way and how do you protect from that well it, what it, it it associated with and this is how it does these adjacent things like maybe a monkey was nearby. Um, and in this case, it picked the bug that the exterminator, it, it's related in in her head. Yeah. And she didn't choose that. It just happens. And that's how the amygdala works or, or the whole protection system works is it will look around and memorize everything in order to never put you back in that space. So colors, smells, time of year, um, you know, a measure of light, dark, light, uh, it, you name it. And so when people have phobias, there's a couple things to always do is to check that there isn't um, something else going on and that it's this adjacent fear, um, some other trauma that has, it's been associated. Because sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's just like the monkey screamed at the at the zoo one time and I hated it. I hated how it made me feel and I just want to stay away from it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, that's really important to explore. And in this case, you know, she has figured out that's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And so healing from that trauma and getting the help that she needs are all really important. What's interesting is that she's done probably half the work. And then there's this other half or quarter left, which is, you know, her amygdala is still afraid of a thing and it affects her life. So look at, how did he say at the end? Like she, no one ever eats outside the kitchen. Yeah. Which uh, is no. probably a good rule generally. Yeah. Um, and anything that moves <laughs> looks like it, it. So any of these sudden movements or, you know, whatever. Um, oh, leaf and in the so garage. It may be, yeah. What? Go ahead. The leaf in the garage bit is uh, like if the leaf moves, it's like, oh no, it's another roach, but really it's just a leaf, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that is the, so anyone else sees a leaf move in a garage and doesn't think much about it or has a response like, well, I should probably make sure there isn't a mouse or something. Like, you know, you're, you're not activated. Your cortex is working in the way it's intended to work to solve a problem. Mm hmm. Um, the problem was when your amygdala is activated and your or your cortex is freaking out and getting your amygdala to activate. It's not that, you know, when people just go, I know it's not rational, right? Mm-hmm. That's because it isn't. Those things don't happen in a brain 
body that's in fight, flight, or fight mode. I'm mm-hmm. saying it wrong every time. Um, <laughs> in the three efforts. Anyway, so take what we would do with this yeah. is in both cases, and this is where just hearing this is going to activate some people. <laughs> so if you all think about what it is you're afraid of or would not want to touch like fish um, and on purpose, we do it. So we've talked about exposure therapy before, and that's kind of the basis of what I'm getting at Mm -hmm. is you expose your, you expose yourself to the stimulus that creates the amygdala response. So you you put her head, her head inside of an aquarium full of roaches. That's what you're saying. Just go right for it. Go straight. Eventually. Okay. Eventually. And you cannot do this on your own. (laughs) So she would need to work with someone who works specifically with phobias and does this exposure therapy. And and most people don't volunteer for this because if it's not really ruining their lives, um, then they may not ever do this and they'll just stay afraid of a thing. And that's what they choose to do. Yeah. And there is a reason exposure works. So let's, let's walk through it. So let's say it's just looking at pictures of cockroaches. That's how you would start. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Mm-hmm. And the therapist would, you would be working on breathing deep. You would work on, you'd have some skills before you start this, by the way, physiologically getting your body to calm it, itself mm-hmm. and to, and to, to, to do that before full amygdala response occurs. So if you think of it, like, I mean, you guys have been injured before and you've been in shock, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't stop shock. You can't go, okay, don't be in shock now. Like it's mm-hmm. not, once it starts, it's, it's, a process that has to complete itself. And that's similar to fight, flight, or freeze. It has to go through its five to 20 minutes or, or, or whatever in the amount of time your biology takes to get back to, to normal. Um, and But you can prevent it from being activated. So what you're training the person to do is to, to work with the amygdala before it activates. Then you would do the exposure. Mm-hmm. And if it activates, you still have all of these skills. You're just working with your body to keep it calm, working with the cortex to, to not run off on any stories. Um, and, and so someone has to guide you. I don't recommend you do this on your own. And then the next exposure. So then you get through it and your body calms down. You're still, you still have a picture in front of you usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can do more and more steps until eventually you can't stick your head inside a hissing cockroach chamber and... Mm-hmm you would be okay. <laughs> so this is the, that's, that's the long form. Yeah. It's incredibly effective. What makes it difficult is compliance is people really, of course, everything in you says, no, 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 run away, run away. And if that ever happens, what do we do? We listen and do it. We don't even have a choice most of the time. Right. But what we're doing is training the brain that this particular thing is not a threat. Just like when we first discovered certain berries or we figured out, we could do this thing, whatever humans have figured out, like cars, take cars, for example, we've all pretty much decided it's okay to be in one. How? Well, it's exposure mm-hmm. and good experience and exposure and good experience. Yeah. And that gets jeopardized when there's a bad experience. It's like, right? on, it's like on, anything. online purchasing is a thing always reminds me of this. People were so afraid yeah. of it in the early days. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like an afterthought. Hacks still happen. Problems still arise. But we're, we're, you know, like cars, we've come to a, we've come to an agreement, you know? Right. We've acclimated to it. And that's exactly what this is. Now, the key being here that being afraid of monkeys is ruining your life or being afraid of cockroaches is ruining your relationships or your life. Right. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to get this stuff treated. So you're more willing to, to go through the process. And I think I did mention this on the show, um, about 
the research that's happening in Europe with the get you into that hyper, hyper aroused state, your amygdala is on fire doing its job. And then they inject a beta blocker into your system. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're doing exposure therapy in 24 hours, all of it done with a chemical because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a chemical. It's stopping the chemical transfer of information between the amygdala and the cortex. I mean, I'm maybe guessing that that's what it's blocking. I don't exactly know, but I do know that it essentially changes the body's response. It, it sort of stops it in its tracks and calms the whole thing down and tells the brain like you're fine. So with it, with one exposure to this spider, um, this guy who is literally curled in a ball screaming, this is the same guy who saw a spider in his car and then sold the car that day. Like <laughs> that's how scared of spiders he is. They yeah. get him to the absolute crazy arousal state where he is losing his mind. He's only just in the room with a cage with a spider and they shoot him up when he is, you know, at its peak. And then he sleeps one night, comes back the next day, can walk up to the, the thing and can put his hand in and hold a tarantula the mm, next day. Mm. And that's because they sped this whole thing up very quickly. And what I loved about his description, and I, I can find the link if you guys want to listen to it. But what I love about the description is he said, it's like I have a memory that I used to be afraid of spiders. Oh, weird. That's how it feels. It feels like like way back in time, maybe. That's interesting. Like I, I'm supposed to be as scared of this, but I'm not. It's mm-hmm. as if he forgot mm-hmm. the fear. So that's exactly what you're doing with exposure therapy in a longer term is that you're training your brain, the amygdala specifically, to know that that's now a garage door. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And maybe if a spider comes hauling at you and it's seven feet tall, then it'll be like the cortex goes, yeah, it's not. <laughs> we should run, you know? Yeah. So yeah. we don't want to kill this system. This system is why we're alive. It's incredibly important. It's just sometimes it gets haywire and uh, we need to. So it, the hardest thing about this, again, is, moving towards your fear rather than away from it because moving away makes it worse and worse and worse because our brains are meant to think it's worse and eventually it can sort of take over and that's when we get in real trouble. Yeah. Like I, I don't know why this is so enlightening to me, but I, I hadn't really considered that, um, you know, that, that idea that people always say, well, the best way to deal with something is to just head right into it. Like just mm-hmm. go into the mm-hmm. storm. Face it head on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they, that's when it. they say that it sounds extreme, but when you say, well, you have, uh, there'll be a guide there for the first bit. Right. And then yes, exactly. You don't do it in. alone and you yeah. take yeah. in baby steps. You don't just dip your head into the aquarium full of. Yeah. Which makes me think I could ride, I could ride a Ferris wheel again because right now I, you, you'd be dragging me kicking and screaming again on a Ferris wheel. I'm the Man. worst on, as soon as you get to the top and it stops. Yeah. I, I want to die up there. I hate. I don't know how how what what's the baby step on a Ferris wheel? You're either on it or not. Do you start with one of those ones in a kiddie land that's maybe you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, thirty feet tall or twenty feet tall or something? Yeah, maybe. yeah. And you'd have to get to your your therapist would make those decisions and they would go with you. They would ride in cars with you. They'd get on the Ferris wheel with you or whatever. Like there's that that's the work they have to do. Um, and sometimes it's. You know the old adage, like, just throw them in the deep end? Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually what this is. And yeah. so sometimes getting right on one. Now, you'd have work you've done beforehand. So you don't just right. go on, like, Teaching on yourself Tuesday. to calm and, and to yeah. 
and and breathing exercises working through it rather than reassuring your like the therapist is not going to sit there and go like it's fine this thing won't break because logic doesn't work to calm an amygdala that's the irony of the cortex's attempt and and usually it just makes it worse right and so it the really the only answer is to calm the, your system and that you have to have the wherewithal to to think well, to do it and to do it. We and talked, it's not easy. We talked about this before. You had expressed some excitement about the potential of VR in this space. Um, yeah. And people yeah. being able to realistically recreate, a, say, a Ferris wheel and a heights issue. And I do get heights issues in VR when the height is involved. Yeah. Um, that would be a better way maybe to ramp up, you know, work your way yeah. up. Because you could, in theory... If somebody has a very specific Ferris wheel type thing, there's two aspects of that Ferris wheel thing that are a problem. It's heights, but it's also mm-hmm. we're going to stop you up there and you're not going to well, be able to do anything or go anywhere when it's stopped. Right. That's Tina, the worst. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, for Tina, it's her. She also has a fear of uh, Ferris wheels, but it's we we know exactly where it come, came from. Her brother. As a kid at Elitch's, Elitch Gardens, an amusement park here in Colorado, when they were on the Ferris wheel and they were stopped as it's loading people on, he would rock the the basket that they're sitting in so bad she thought she was going to fall out. And so it's the fear – it's not the fear of heights as much as it's the fear of – um, fear of falling out, the fear of being uh, out of control, out yeah. of control, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, so, and ask- so that therapist would have to get up there and rock the thing. That's how <laughs> treatment would work for her. Yeah, but so she, and she would have her breathing is, exercises as as uh, they're yeah, doing that. Yeah. yeah, and 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 there is some psychological knowing, like the therapist mm-hmm. isn't going to let me die, like mm-hmm. my brother might have because he's a kid. But it doesn't matter because your amygdala is pretty sure of it anyway. So, mm-hmm. so, but it has to be the level of the thing, right? So, mm-hmm. this, um, the monkey thing, you know, she might have to hang out with monkeys. She might need to go to Borneo. Um, and, <laughs> and the there's, thing is, there's local monkeys that are a lot cheaper. Yeah, to, some to local monkeys. Exactly. Well, yeah. she, this is something like she can kind of, she's still going to zoos, which is good. The, the part where you, you get worried is when you completely avoid things. So agoraphobia is the, when you end up never leaving your house, right? You just, there's lots of things that have been fearful or whatever the specific thing. And then you stay home. Well, you have just quadrupled its power. It, and that's the key is to, get the brain to understand that it's okay. And sometimes you have to do the exact thing that it's not okay with doing. Mm -hmm. So, so here's an example of a therapist. Um, I was in a training recently and, and saw this and I was like, okay, I do not have fear of small spaces or suffocating or any of that. I've been in those caves where rock literally is encasing me and I can still inch through like, I don't have any of that, mm. but just listening to him describe what he did in this treatment, I was like, maybe I do, <laughs> which was this. He took a client who is so afraid of parking garages. She's just sure she's going to get crushed mm-hmm. and, um, and that suffocation and the small spaces and, you know, all of that. And the treatment was, and of course this is after working with her and getting her ready. So of course, and this guy is world renowned. Let me just repeat. He took duct tape and taped her neck tight. Oh God. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I was like, okay, I don't trust anyone that much. Like, no, stuff, no. Right? It's going to hurt when you got to take it off. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. And what he said was, I mean, it was some kind of restrictive. I don't know if it was duct tape. Okay. So maybe not duct tape, but like. There uh, was something around her that it didn't rip her neck off. God, but, okay. but he All restricts right. her breathing. She's not going to die, but he restricts her breathing. And 
hey, haven't we all just discussed that breathing is the key to make you calm down? <laughs> That's your techniques. Yes, you have yeah. your non-breathing techniques now. And so he had to, you know, they built up to that. And he, he was being funny and telling about his worst nightmare came true when he went to get the tape off and he couldn't find the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's figured out you got to fold it over and, you right. know, make a, but, yeah, make but a... that, but what happens is it cures, it cures her. Mm. So, or this other lady in the parking garage specifically, she would go into parking garages on her home, own, do it as homework. And this was like, it's like a two, two day therapy model that they do all the training on one day. Then they go home and they do all this attempts to freak themselves out. And then, they come back the next day. So I could, I watched the video of her, the initial session and then her coming back. And what she did is she went to every parking garage she could find, would find the darkest corner in the middle of the parking garage and just walk into it and stare and try to get herself to activate, try to get the amygdala to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what happens is it, it don't, it doesn't, if you're trying to get it to do it, it won't usually yeah, right yeah mm-hmm. it's the cortex going like come on i'm supposed yeah. to be scared the, cor- here, you know? the cortex knows that that's what you're trying to do it's like yeah you're yes. not gonna fool me i know you're doing this on purpose yeah. so this is how we use the cortex to our advantage as opposed to what often happens with the cortex is it's like are you sure you check the door mm-hmm. are you you know mm-hmm. it's just trying to remember to make sure you're safe or remind you of things or freak you out or whatever um, because it's just, it works with the amygdala. It's not, it has the same agenda that you stay alive. It's just trying to figure out a story to explain why that garage door is opening. Sure. Is. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess, um, to finish this out today, let me ask you about this one. Cause this one feels like it's harder to break. Maybe it's a little bit more like this cockroach problem, which has such an, a horrible, uh, yeah. Reason yeah. for existing. Source. Yeah. And I don't want to compare this to that. I, that's not why I'm bringing it up. So just know I, I'm just trying to understand this. But when I was younger, uh, junior high age, my brother Mark thought it would be real funny while a bunch of my friends were over at the house if uh, I was wearing these cut off jean shorts. Um, cause that's what mom did to give us shorts. We would cut our existing jeans down to shorts form. That's the way it worked in the 80s. Anyway. I had this pair of jean shorts on and they were kind of um, uh, had a little like a hole or a a tear in it or something in the back pocket. And Mark thought it would be hilarious that in front of my friends, he grabbed that back pocket and just ripped those things to shreds. Uh, He thought that was going to be just the funniest freaking thing. And he did it. And I had no I didn't know what to do. I was so embarrassed because now I'm just like, you know, undies boy laying on the floor while my friends are just sitting there going and my brother's doing this mean thing to me. And so I just kind of curled up and laid there and was just Mm. really upset and mad at him. I felt like for my entire life now, since then, if a button is off or there's a tear in a pair of jeans or I see a little bit of fraying on the edge of a shirt. I get way freaked out. Of, not freaked out about it, but I get like, oh, I got to replace that. I got to fix that. I can't wear this. Like, even if it's a button, it's like, well, you're going to, you're wearing the shirt open. You're not even going to button that shirt. Like, this shirt I could wear mm-hmm. open. But if the button's gone, if there's a missing button, yeah. I won't wear it. It just makes me feel, and it's not because I give a crap. As we all know, I do not give a crap about fashion. <laughs> okay. None. I have no sure. fashion care at all in me. But this feeling of like, that's a vulnerability. Yeah. It's been there and I hate it and it drives me yeah. nuts. And I, and I want to just, you know, sometimes I see Mark, I just like want to like rip a, a shirt off and expose a <laughs> nipple or something. I don't know. Like, 
go full Janet Jackson on. So what I've what I've learned then what I've learned then is that uh, if you have no fears, uh, it's because you have no siblings. So only children like me. You know, Tina's dick brother and Scott's dick brother and totally. Hey, Brian, I don't have any fears, and I have some dick brothers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. shoot. I mean, yeah, remember, you, oh, okay. did you did you never have any fears, or did you like did you have something you just worked your Wendy, way? Wendy, are you them? afraid? My, are you afraid of a cold soldering iron? Is the question? Are you afraid? My of that? Cortex is amazing. No, uh, <laughs> no. The soldering iron is a perfect I have the example. Best cortex. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. Yeah. The soldering iron where you pinned me down and th- I thought my forehead was going to be burned. Yeah. Um, is a great example of something I probably should be afraid of. I just I'm not. Just I don't. Aren't. I don't know why. I think yeah. it's because. I in the end you're like nice and you didn't try to hurt me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all a big I joke. Know. I have no idea. Yeah, I had, I, had I actually had I actually tried to burn you or had burned you? I mean, oh, that's it'd cool. be over. Yeah, they'd right? be over. Like, we wouldn't be talking now. I don't, I don't know no. what our lives would be like, but no, if you had burned <laughs> me, first of all, I'd have bangs forever. Maybe that's why um, the thing with Mark makes me so mad because he really did do the thing. Like he yeah. did yeah. tear yeah. my pants off right. and have me look like an idiot in my underwear in my own house with my friends watching and. Now I'm you for his know, own messed up reasons, right? Yeah. Like who needs to do that to somebody? It was just mean. It was just a mean yeah. thing to do. And and in the case, you know, in the case of me, uh, you know, any of your prank jokes you do on April first, or do- all the dumb teasing I would do, or my brother Matt chasing me through the house with chewed up pizza in a bag, those are just silly, right? Like they're kind of <laughs> yeah, like I was just he's not gonna oh he's God, not gonna make me eat his chewed up pizza. What it also made that's like totally the source. Yeah, it's so pretty gross. gross. It, that's why I have diverticulitis. Now this is, but for me, <laughs> I yeah, I feel like it just made lots of things less threatening. Like it actually was like a exposure to therapy early. Like just I don't know. No one can tease me. It takes so much to offend me. You have to like really try. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's because I got a cold soldering iron pressed to my forehead. I'm above. Being offended. I don't know. I don't know. And I, I maybe I've just spinned it to think it's a strength and really um should go to therapy. But anyway, okay, so I gotta finish something with this though. <laughs> All right. So your this is the answer, people. Maybe we do it as a group project. Is if it's something like this, this is not ruining your life, but it bugs you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do exposure therapy on your own with this level of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it would look like on purpose. Finding a shirt without a button, finding afraid something or whatever, and elongating how long you can wear the thing Mm -hmm. and staying calm, like breathing. If you have to talk it through with Kim or something, do it. But just like try to go a day wearing a thing like that and just it's like reminding yourself like I'm actually safe and good and it's fine and and recognize your cortex wants you to also think it's stupid that this is still bugging you after 40 years. Yeah. Right. It annoys me. And, and it's because it's not the cortex's deal. It's just trying to understand things. It's the amygdala's deal. So we just need to give it a minute to activate because you have a a button missing and breathe through it (laughs) and survive it and then do it again and do it again until you forget and that it doesn't even matter. And what's weird is it's not like OCD or me going like, Mm -hmm. I need, I need, I need parody with my buttons or, or there's not a perfection here. Like if I buy a pair of jeans with a hole in them, because that's the design of the jeans, that isn't a problem. It's and that is an example of like, that that can go that direction yeah. easily. Someone could move it further and further, and that would be because of getting 
too upset or trying to control it. Like we could, we make, we can make things worse. We absolutely can. Sometimes it's just not even a choice. It's just really bad because the trauma was really bad. Yeah. Um, and our interpretations of the trauma. So everyone PS has trauma. Yeah. It's the interpretation and the amygdala's response to that trauma. Trauma with a big T, trauma with a little T, right? We got monkey trauma. Maybe that's a little T. The cockroach <laughs> thing is clearly a big T trauma. Yeah. Um, there is no better or worse. Our amygdalas respond the way they respond. Yeah. And they're sometimes they're a little spastic, a little ball of nightmares. And uh, mm-hmm. right. sometimes so not let's so be nice to it. Uh, get it activated. Tell it it's okay. And then we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, Jen in the chat says, just have Kim repeat the process of removal. That should displace the fear. Yeah. We'll, we'll turn it into a... Uh, <laughs> You know, She's not wrong. She's in, not wrong. If we want to go the harsh moment. route, we'll get that therapist who duct tapes people's necks and have him right. give you a wedgie so hard that your pants rip and Perfect. you'd be fine. Yeah. It'd we be cured getting, in one session. We always got a lot of wedgies growing up. Mark gave me what we called Melvin's. Uh, he also would do that typewriter thing. Do you remember that thing? Oh, uh, like you did to me as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Look, this is the point of the circle of life. It ends up getting passed down. Mark pinned me down. He pins you down so you can't move. And then he mm-hmm. knuckles your... Like where your chest, your bone, chest bone, like your sternum is. Your sternum, yeah. And he goes really hard, and it starts oh. to really hurt. And he goes, "Say ding, say ding, say ding," because the idea is he's type. It's called typewriter. <laughs> so he's doing it, and he goes, ding, 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 and then you finally say ding because you're desperate. And then he'd slap then he your face you. as if you were like the carriage, <laughs> the carriage of the typewriter. The and, then, return, and then yeah, you go back right. to doing it again, typing again. You're like. Ding slap, ding, 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 ding slap. Like that's the that's, that's horrible, the but it's kind of hilarious. Oh, it's so, worse. And then Scott, like all abused uh, brothers, have to then pass it on to the next. So he then yeah. did it to me. Yeah, I did. But it I don't t- think you were ever as relentless or mean. No, as, no, no. And I never all. did it. To, I don't think I ever did it to the Koreans for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, what that was why? About. I don't know. Racist. You don't I don't know what that girl. was. I don't know what that was. I I, I didn't do that, but uh, it is like. I do feel like sometimes I grew up in an eighties movie an an eighties comedy mm-hmm. and, that, and that these things yeah. feel like moments in some kind of, Chet, yeah, it's kind of like Chet or, yeah. or, you know, just any John Hughes kind of ideas. They, they just happen yeah. in real time for me. And I, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. Like, and I feel like the window's closed. I can't walk up to my brother. Who's now, what is Mark? 62. Yeah. Pin him gonna, down. I'm gonna pin him down and start pounding on his chest. Like, what is that even? That's not even an idea. I don't know. Feels like good therapy to me. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Therapy. You guys gonna see each other for Thanksgiving? Because uh, no. we need to see this. No, I don't think we will. But anyway, oh. uh, well, Wendy, as always, good stuff. I love that this was our Halloween week uh, discussion because I don't know. I just hey, by the way, I just yeah. re- had a memory. My kids, I have pinned them down and told them the story, but I never did it to them. I just said, hey, when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, this is what we do. Yeah. Because we still have to have an outlet. Generationally, like this is how you break the chain. Sorry. Yep. I just have that memory. Like, yeah. why have I done this? I haven't actually done it. Oh, no. I just told my kids how lucky they are yeah. that no one's done this to I them. think I <laughs> maybe I did the same. I explained it to Nick and Nick would have been, you know, he would have been a fine target for this kind of. Oh my theory. gosh, Peter would lose his ever living life. <laughs> but I never did it. So I, but I wanted him to appreciate it that it was done to me. Yeah, right. Somehow. Yeah. And, okay, uh, sorry. Anyway, Halloween. And go now none of them, none of them will do it to Van. Is the goal here? Nobody's going to pin yeah, Van totally. down. Give him, give if him the. We get better right. every generation. We get better. That's right. Uh, so happy Halloween to you and yours. Uh, Realstops.org. They're not taking uh, stuff right now, but you can go find out what's going on with that and uh, be ready for the next round. Uh, Wendy, anything else you want to mention? No, just like 
Go be Halloweeny. Yep, go be Halloweeny. <laughs> Everyone get your Halloweeny out and we'll see you next time. Bye now. Okay. All right. That was yeah. a fun. Topic. You know, it, it's uh you'd have to do it differently right now because they don't know what typewriters are. So it'd have to be say whoop whoop like you're sending a text. Say say whoop. I didn't think of that. Yeah. It is it is quickly leaving you're typing the, a tweet. The lexicon, right? You can't typewriters aren't what they used to be. Right, that's it. There you go. Uh go yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great alright uh, we're done now a quick programming note couple things uh, no show tomorrow Brian's traveling yeah, I don't think sorry. that's gonna sorry happen. it's my fault people my fault yeah no PM but 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 we're excited about your Vermont trip it's you know everything yeah. is content we'll get some good stories out of it for sure yeah and uh, excited for you to see your family so that'll be cool uh, Fil- Film Sack is happening we recorded it last night it'll air on uh, when, or Saturday we'll put it up on the feed uh, so we didn't skip that. Freddy versus Jason, great time. Oh, man. Make sure you check yeah. it out. Uh, Freddy v. Jason. What was the other thing I was going to say to people? Oh, our grand finale, or our, our season finale for There Will Be Dungeons is this weekend. So make sure you check that out on Saturday, 2 p.m. Mountain, uh, live. It is our Delver Season 3 uh, big uh, finale. Right before we take a little break, and then we launch back into the Waste Campaign. Ooh. Ooh, nice. For longtime listeners, I'll know what that's all about. So anyway, that's that. And then uh, Brian and I, during the uh, month of November, are going to take a week off. We're taking the, the week of Thanksgiving off. Okay, We're letting you know now, just a little early notice, uh, that TMS right. will not exist that week. Some other shows might. We normally but, take the twenty the Thanksgiving and Black Friday off, but we're just adding a couple days to that. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. We'll be fine. fine. So uh, that's uh, a week off in November. We don't do that very often, so we're doing that. Uh, I think that's it. Do you have anything else? I guess Coverville I today, 1 else. p.m., all that. Yeah, Coverville uh, Beastie Boys and Beasts uh, coming up today on Coverville. That'll be 1 p.m. Mountain Time at uh, twitch.tv slash Coverville. Nice. Patreon.com slash TMS, you guys. Please uh, hop over there. It's almost the end of the month. Great time to hop in and get cool stuff. I just submitted art for the month, and I'm very happy with how it all turned out. Uh, if you would like to get art in the mail or other cool benefits, digital and daily and otherwise, patreon.com slash tms all right brian let's get out of here what do you got to play at the end of the show i have a request scott um uh this is a little bit of a tougher one but uh, here we go this one goes out to jay who says after a tough year where i happily got pregnant with our second child but then seven weeks down the line lost our baby through an uh, ectopic pregnancy to say it devastated us is an understatement but then we made a decision to celebrate what would have been the date of our angel, uh, the day that uh, she was to be born, to get married and make it a day for smiles and laughter and not sadness. Uh, lemons and the lemonade at a very grand scale right there. Yep. This is a soppy request, but hey, I'm getting married to my best friend. And while he's not perfect, ouch, right there, he's pretty close to it. I mean, come on. You're supposed to say he's perfect, right? Sure. But, uh, That's the rule. Well, no, he's not, but you got to say he is. Um uh, <laughs> The song request is perfect. Uh, cover of the Ed Sheeran song by Samantha Harvey. This is just a sweet little tune. And uh, congratulations on you guys. Uh, congratulations to you guys for figuring out a way to take a sad event and completely 180 degree it and turn it into a happy one. So very cool. Um, here is Samantha Harvey and her song "Perfect." Awesome. We'll see you guys soon. Have a great weekend. I found a love for me Darling, just dive right in and follow my lead 
Well, I found a girl, beautiful and sweet. I never knew you were the someone waiting for me. 'Cause we were just kids when we fell in love, not knowing what it was. I will not give you up this time. Darling, just kiss me slow. Your heart is all I own, and in your eyes you're mine, baby. I'm dancing in the dark with you between my arms, barefoot on the grass. Listening to our favorite song when you said you looked a mess, I whispered underneath my breath, but you heard it, darling. You look perfect tonight. You look perfect tonight. Ooh. Well, I found a woman stronger than anyone I know. She shares my dreams. I hope that someday I'll share her home. I found a love to carry more than just my secrets. To carry love, to carry children of our own. Still kids, but we're so in love, fighting against all odds. I know I'll be alright this time, darling. Just hold my hand, be my girl. I'll be your man. I see my future.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Man, you guys are dumb. No. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyler Tsinas. Kyler Tsinas. I'm Kyler Tsinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 